This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win... Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome to the Chelsea Fancast, fueled by Guinness, powered by Celery, the show that is still gutted that the lack of an internet connection meant we couldn't do a show after the win against City. Uh, after an eventful week, for all the wrong reasons, it was good to get back to football on Sunday when Chelsea played Brighton. The trip down to good old Sussex-by-the-Sea was going swimmingly for the first hour, with Chelsea strolling to a 2-0 lead. Um, in fact, it could have been 3 or 4-0. Uh, had Hazard connected with Asby's cross and had Alonso's shot gone in rather than hitting the post. So we kind of knew what would happen next. Uh, yes, Brighton got a goal back and it was back to the wall for the last 25 minutes. <laughs> well, uh, you know, using Eden Hazard as a false nine does seem to be working and benefiting the side. Hazard is not keen and even less keen on the fouling by rotation he receives most weeks. Will this impact his decision on whether he stays at Chelsea or not? Another win and three points notwithstanding, Sarri has much to ponder. Not least, why does this Chelsea side fail to kill teams off? The Chelsea fancast number 444. Don't leave home without Hazard. Now, there is a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> Only old people will understand it. Am I right, Tony? I think you are, yes. <laughs> yes, it's, You should have done yes. the hashtag one for the teenagers there. It is a bit, I don't, I don't uh, American Express. I don't understand it. And you I'm, don't. Shall I explain I'm, it to you, I'm Jonathan? very old. I'm older than all... Perhaps it's because I'm older yeah. than all of you. Uh, combined I, I'm appalled that I'm appalled that you don't understand it Jonathan because you you basically voice ads and of course it's the very famous American Express ad American Express don't leave home without it and where did we play in the Amex stadium, stadium. you see, you see? Yeah, it's, it's the, it's, it's the general interconnectedness of everything that I love about this show that's phenomenal and I was so foolish I didn't make the connection I wasn't thinking I'm I'm away with the fairies today I apologize 
Oh well, yeah, I have to concentrate. Luck, have to concentrate. Lucky fairies. <laughs> yeah, very. Yeah, well, a bit cold. Well, we're not allowed to say anything like that anymore, are we? We have to be very careful with what we say. Very. <laughs> Obviously, just just for clarification, Jonathan meant the kind of elfin, uh, mystical, imaginary uh, beings, known imaginary as fairies. Beings. Yes, yes, the original yes, fairies. Else. The original two, meaning of the word. We're in tutus, as you, as you might find in a, a Tinkerbell cartoon, made mm. up, animated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Good. Uh, right, right. You horrible lot. Um, as you've as you've probably gathered by now without me even having to introduce them whatsoever uh i'm delighted that uh, i am joined on this night of all nights by uh, the lovely jonathan kidd and the superb tony glover a man who i have missed uh recently because of course he's not been in the pub uh, he's been away on holly bobs in berlin and places like that well, yes, there you go indeed. no doubt more of that later yes mm. right a wonderful so, on the show tonight great informative facebook pages as well for tony very good always pictures always you know exactly where you are and what you're up to love it yes love it. Yeah. yes very clever you should follow him everybody because it's it's great he goes around the world and you just see oh yeah he's, <laughs> having, he's having a great time <laughs> i am indeed yes <laughs> yeah budapest next all right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. On the show tonight, we're going to be asking uh, with Eden Hazard showing such great form, is he irreplaceable? And will playing him in the false nine role and the lack of protection he gets from referees lead to him leaving Chelsea? In part two, we ask why does Chelsea fail to kill teams off? Should an out of form Alonso get a rest in favour of Emerson? Why was Bruce Buck talking to Chelsea port supporters outside the Amex Stadium? And what are Chelsea's prospects for a top four finish? Plus, we have a look at Malmo FF, Chelsea's opponents in the Europa League, who we drew today. Uh, in part three, we preview Chelsea's Carabao Cup quarterfinal against Bournemouth on Wednesday and the Premier League match against Leicester on Saturday. Plus a couple of great emails for Jonathan to read out with the uh, with some questions for us to answer, no doubt. And in part four, we've got a few more emails for Jonathan to read out, plus the usual roundup of worthy Chelsea causes. Now, don't forget you can listen to the show live every Monday at seven o'clock by going to Mixler, which is mixlr.com forward slash Chelsea hyphen fancast, where you can join in the chat by posting on the live chat page. And you can also tweet at Chelsea fancast during the show to tell us what you think about the games and anything else on Chelsea, obviously. Now, uh, before we kind of, uh, you know, go to the next bit, as it were, I need to do a, sh- a belated shout-out from, uh, the, you know, obviously we weren't we couldn't do the show last Monday, so I didn't have a chance to, but uh, um, at the, uh, I can't remember what bloody game it was now, possibly the Europa League match. Who was that against? Pauk or somebody, I don't know. They all merge into one after all. Anyway, uh, before the match, um, before the, you know what I mean. You know. Mm. Anyway, before the match in the Cock Pub, I met the lovely Owen and Ben, who came up and said hello to me uh, and said uh, that they enjoy listening to the show. So if you're listening tonight, I hope you're well, chaps. Very nice to see you. Hopefully next time we'll have a beer because of course I was paddling light. Um, and uh, I saw Mark Hannington in the Cock as well. Mark, of course, sent us an email in that we read out in the last show. He came over from New Zealand, so it's great to see him. Thanks for coming and saying hello, Mark. And uh, blow me, I went into uh, the stadium, into my usual seat. Uh, actually, it was the Man City game. So there you go, I finally remembered. Anyway, I went into my, my normal seat in gate 17, and this bloke tapped me on the shoulder as I, as I squeezed past him and said uh, his name was John, and he listens to the show every week. So uh, there you go. Uh, I've got a, 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 guy, a, a mate who lis- uh, listens to the show every week. He's in the same row as me in gate 17. So that's absolutely fantastic and uh, well done for saying hello 
Good to see you all. Right, now after this very little break, we'll be back with the football. Okay. Um, well, there we go. Um, the, the, I'm going to basically in this little bit, uh, kind of part one, as it were. I really, I really want to talk about uh, Eden Hazard again. Um, what, can, what, what more can one say about him? I mean, you know, he got another assist for Pedro's goal. Now that's his ninth assist of the season. His fourth in a row, and he's now got the most assists of any player in Europe. That I think is impressive. <laughs> Uh, and of course, he then scored a superb goal, his eighth goal. Uh, so basically, he's been involved in 17 goals, which I believe is 17 out of 20 goals. Some, I saw some weird stat that Chelsea have scored. Uh, basically, it's 17 goals and 16 appearances this season, which is more than last season when he got 16 goals in 34 appearances. So my first question, uh, Jonathan, what on earth would we do without him? I was trying to imagine us playing without him. Uh, watching yesterday and uh, and I thought it would they'd have to get such a good player to replace him, or alternatively um, get two better players than William and William and Pedro to play alongside him then you'd have a completely phenomenal um, forward line um, but yeah he he was great yesterday wasn't he and um, it, it's all the little things he does the little movements that just to get an extra few inches on the ball that he can then just to beat somebody or to lay off a, a pass and his effort is phenomenal um, uh, and I think he's actually more involved playing the um, false nine I'd actually like him to change shirts and get a number nine so we can actually say no he's a real nine look he's wearing the number nine shirt um, <laughs> but uh, uh, because well, I I hate this false nine. My gee, Jonathan, so, Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan, I'm yeah. gonna, I, I've got to I've got to stop you there because yeah. in in true Spinal Tap style, surely ten is better than nine <laughs> because it's one more than nine. Well, I tell you what, I tell you what, he could do. Chich. He could have ten, then put a minus one next to it. Yeah, That'd be perfect, that's the way into it. Yeah, um, but, but no, I like <laughs> excuse me. He, he, I know that you you say he doesn't like playing there, but. Um, he seems to get the ball, ball more there, um, uh, and, and he really confuses centre halves um, by dint of the fact they're so used to playing, with, having to deal with a with a bruising centre forward making runs instead of which they've got this uh, this slightly titchier player making fantastic runs. I mean, to an extent, as a forward, Morata should uh, should pay attention to uh, to Hazard with the number of runs he makes and how darting everywhere he is. God, he's a fit boy, isn't he? Um, uh, we're going to get on it to, on it in a minute, aren't we? But God, the amount of um, abuse he gets well, from yeah. a, a physical point of view. Can, can I can I take can I take you back to can I take you back? Can I take? No, I just want to pick up a point you made because I think it's a cracking one actually. Because I, I, it's interesting, isn't it? We know that Sarri, uh, sorry, not Sarri. We know that Hazard uh, has said when he was playing under Conte that he didn't like playing false nine and that was largely because he had to play like a, a, a kind of a traditional number nine leaping and in the air just flying over his head yeah yeah but he's but he did say after the city game 
that he wasn't particularly happy playing there because he doesn't see a lot of the ball. And yet against Brighton, no surprise, he saw more of the ball. Uh, and I haven't heard him moaning about it, but I, I also remember Sarri in his press, uh, post-match press conference saying that you know Hazard was able to get on the ball a lot more and he looked really good in that position, although he needs to get in the box more. So maybe... We're all, you know, maybe Hazard is coming to terms with it. Maybe he's not disliking it as much. Maybe he's learning more about it because perhaps the way that uh, Sarri wants him to play is different from the way that Conte wanted him to play in that position because uh, because they attack more and they have much more of the ball. You know, their possession is completely phenomenal. The guy at the Europa League today even made the point when I found myself bizarrely watching the Europa League draw. God, you could tell I had time on my... <laughs> And I was just watching the, the ludicrousness of, of it. They're all reading the auto cue very poorly. But I was very impressed <coughs> by the fact that they, they all speak English, you know, but those of us are very obvious foreign accents, obviously. And um, and then old, um, old um, uh, Ricky Cavallio comes on. And, um, oh. Oh. and uh, I know completely. I thought, oh, my God. And they showed, they only showed him winning the Europa League. They showed him with his long hair playing for Porto, which was a shame because I wanted to see him in Chelsea Blue. But he came on and all he did was just, you know, read out the the, 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 the names and everything. But the, he did make the remark, um, the UEFA representative whose name completely uh, escapes me, um, that um, uh, Chelsea have had more possession than any other team in the whole of the Europa League and the whole of the 64 teams that played, which makes great sense with what Sarri's up to. And it's once again completely commendable. You know, I, I watched the, the opening uh, once again till we fell apart of it. Um, and we're phenomenal. It, we're, he, the way he plays is if we can all grasp it as a team, and Hazard needs to learn to play in that position a bit more, as you say, needs to get further into the box, needs to have a few few more goes at goal. We've been talking about that before. I mean, I saw kind of criticisms on Twitter about saying that um, we're still tippy-tapping around and not shooting. Well, I think the blanket defence is difficult to get through, but he Hazard is just looking more and more um, capable playing in that position than me, or scoring even more goals. I just think he's... He's tailor-made to play in that position. And it's exactly what Cerismo's all about. But he has to learn it a bit more because he's obviously not been playing. He's been yeah. playing playing on the right, you know. Yeah, to- totally agree with that, mate. I think that's, that's bang on. Uh, Tony, um, of course, the downside of all this yet again, uh, which was seen for all, all... Well, it was all there for all to see yesterday. I mean, he was, he was getting kicked from, you know, what was it, the expression... Pillar, I can't remember. He was getting, getting kicked all over the park. Yeah, pillar, bottom to yeah, yeah. pillar to post. Thank pillar. you, J- yeah. thank you, JK. He was getting kicked all over the place. Uh, Stevens did him four times, from what I can remember. Oh. Stuart Atwell, the referee, totally ignored him, and he ends up Tony getting subbed off, uh, and then we see him wearing ice around his ankle. Um, I, I mean, what on earth can we do? I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what to do about that because this is always going to happen. <laughs> it's always happened. But what on earth can we do? Well, let me start by echoing what JK said for once. There you go. Never thought you'd hear me say that. Um, and I think in American football terms, he would be our MVP. Is that right? Most valuable player or something? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, unquestionably, um, we've said it before. I think we've probably said it over the last couple of managers. We should be building the team around him. We should be. Um, you know, in the same way that Barca did with Messi and to a degree Real Madrid did with Ronaldo. You've got a player like that, build everything around him because they make the changes. And and, and I'm just going to, I haven't answered your question yet, but I watched uh, a very moving documentary on BBC Four or Two last night, I can't remember which one, about George Best. 
um, and the talent mm. that man had. Um, and, and you know, that, that team was pretty much the Busby team that won it. Was, was, was Matt Busby knew the value of George Best and had everybody, you know, sort of gearing towards him. And I mean, he, he, he won that final for them, didn't he? And he did so much else. But um, I think he's he's that level of player. And we, we haven't had one of them at Chelsea for some time. Um, fouling, fouling by rotation. Well, um, I suppose I remember reading or seeing an interview with him um, a couple of years ago where he saw it as a compliment. Um, you know, he saw it as almost a, a sort of badge of honour that people, the only way they could stop him was by kicking him. The problem with that is he's 28 now, I think, and he will inevitably... 27. 27, OK. So in the next couple of years, he will inevitably lose a couple of inches of pace, if you like, um, and won't be able to ride those tackles as, as much. And if that, if there's a cumulative effect of those knocks constantly, constantly on joints and muscles or whatever, uh, then, then, you know, I fear he could be... Um, Marco Van Basten, um, to to put it uh, mm. bluntly, you know, Marco Van Basten was possibly one of the greatest players that, you know we've ever seen, and was kicked out of the game. He was, and I don't mean kicked out as in, you know, ejected from the game. He was kicked so much that he eventually had to retire. And uh, what a shocking thing that would be. And I, I thought referees, and I thought the whole refereeing profession had learned from that. You know, because that was quite scandalous at the time um, that he was, you know, left so unprotected. Um, and but, but you know what? I do blame the club a little bit here. I mean, the club are, you know, they have representations into the Premier League, the FA, into the PGMOL. And they should be in the same way that, you know, these these kind of um, authoritarian organisations like the PJML and all this have such an influence of game. Surely the club could be registering complaints, registering their concern about the fact that a player like him. And I would because I bet you any money you like Mourinho, Klopp, Pep Guardiola would be doing it if one of their players was being as rotationally fouled as Eden Hazard. I bet you they would. Uh, or either that or, or they would be saying things to get themselves in trouble. And rightfully so, because that's the one thing I don't see with Sarri. I don't see him um, in that same way, defending or coming out and, and, and saying those things. And I wish he would, because, um, you know, it, it kind of connects supporters to the, to the guy, because he's seeing the same as us. And I think he should have said something about it, because mm-hmm. it was... Like you said, it was poor refereeing as well. I mean, let's let's be fair. There's a difference between letting the game flow and basically letting someone be, you know, kicked off the park. It was it was bad. Well, I mean, for all we know, the club do make uh, representations to uh, whoever they make them to, which is probably the PGMOL, isn't it? But um, I mean, the worrying thing is, is that the the referees. I I mean, I saw some of Stuart Atwell's decisions yesterday. I mean, you know, he didn't completely ignore Hazard, and he did give free kicks you know occasionally but he ignored some blatant kicks against him Mm. and you just think what planet are you on you daft bugger and jonathan i mean the worry that i have mate is that you know we we still i would say a 50 50 with hazard going i mean i know he's quite clever in the press he kind of you know always is, is 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 the kind of the right side of vague about it saying well I'd still love to say at Chelsea, but I'd like to get, you know, all that kind of business. So that's still in the balance. My worry is that if he constantly gets kicked by rotation, and we all know what's happening, the referees do nothing to protect him. Um, do you think it might push him towards going to a league where he would be protected a bit more? Well, which if, could be Spain, of course. If I was him and that was happening to me regularly, I would, 
I'd immediately think I'm going somewhere where the standard of football isn't quite as good. Um, but we, I'll, and I'll just show my true colours in the European games. Actually, what I've just said, I don't, not sure I agree with what I've just said, actually. That was the, if, if, hey. This is, I believe it's called cognitive dissonance there, JK. Yeah, but I like Brilliant. it. I think in a good way, though, Tony. I think it's mm. a good way because what I'm saying is I realise that you're saying, yeah, I'd like to take it easy, please. Um, and then only, only do it a bit, you know, and then score lots of goals. In a sense, if he's not challenging himself, which, uh, which he always does whenever he plays for Chelsea. Um, and there's a question also whether he wants to go abroad and play with supposedly better players. And I think I actually think the, uh, the club has to make a, a, the club could rescue this situation by buying a couple of really excellent um, top players in the transfer window coming up. I think that that's a card that Chelsea have to consider playing. Uh, if they can get hold of anybody who's good and available, um, because then I think that might persuade him because the uh, um, uh, the onus might be taken off him. I mean, I have to say that I thought that I thought that it wasn't as much rotational, was it? I mean, there was a lot of other people fouling him, but Stevens kept fouling him. And I, I, I take my hat yeah. off to him because he had the kind of look on his face of somebody completely bewildered by the fact that he'd fouled him. And the referee seemed to sort of, take sympathy on him and patted him on the shoulder a couple of times if to say yes I understand he's just a bit too good for you you didn't mean to foul him did you mm. well, he that, almost, that he almost can, went no that, that can be the we, case we, yeah we've seen yeah. that before where players Absolutely. aren't so talented that the the lesser players who you know I've often said it I've got a mate of mine here who, uh, around here who I used to go drinking with and he used to say things like oh you know get them, get them playing haven't and Waterlooville on a Sunday mate they'd, they wouldn't, they'd get kicked off the park and I said what did he Drogba you don't think he's where he is by, by the fact that he's seen all of this done all of it and w- no one would get near him but when you get to the level where you're playing teams like Brighton West Brom or whoever you know they, they can get to them and, and it's almost an unfortunate consequence of their their they're not to that level that they will maybe unwittingly be doing the fouling. They think they're getting a tackling and they're not realising that this guy is, is just too good for them, but they're not quite slow. Do you know what I mean? So he yeah. can't make those tackles yeah. forever. And that's but, my, but I don't know. I think, I think they're too canny though, because they're premier league players. I thought he was a very good actor. I think personally Stevens, I thought he was clever looking bewildered and getting the referee's sympathy. Cause in actual fact, he kept stepping on his foot, you know, for God's sake. And and I thought, I actually thought that um, Brighton's second half performance was very similar to Wolves in that they suddenly increased the physicality and they rushed after. And the centre forward, the new bloke who came yeah. up, what was his name, Amadoy or something, I can't remember his name. He really went for Louise and started um, fronting up to him exactly the same way as um, um, Vidi did the other day on the Thursday, which is the team isn't good enough. So it tries to sub to intimidate. And it's something that we're yeah. just not quite up to. Um, and we'll get onto this. I know. But, but well, uh, yes. Well, well, I, 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 I agree. A, no, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good, it's a good point though, mate. And, and I like it a lot. So let's talk about well, it now. Can I just make, because I think that was, that, well, well can, let, yeah, in a minute, just hang on one yeah, second, yeah, yeah. Tony. I just want to make it. Yeah, I just want to just want to pick Jonathan up on that because I think he's right, you know, and I think that was a clear indication that that's a managerial instruction at half time, which is you're getting walked all over here. They're taking the piss out of you. They should be four nil up. So listen, if you want to be in this game, get in their faces. Yeah. They don't like it. Yeah. Kick them, square up to them, <coughs> intimidate them because they won't be able to handle that. Yeah. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, I we, totally agree. And I think. Just think back to those glory early days under Mourinho. 
2004-2005, that team was never bullied by anybody. It didn't matter how physical the other team were. We had the players and the attitude to stand up to them. Okay, so it was almost like they were almost protecting each other. So you didn't get that being bullied off. You knew that if we went a goal down against anybody, it, A, it wasn't a worry because, you know, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll be back in this game sooner or later. But, you know, that stuff that we used to be controversially surrounding the referee, badgering the referee, that we, we've become too nice. And I'm deadly serious about that. I don't see that yeah, fight in the team that we had with the likes of Carvalho and Ballack when he joined and all of them, Terry and Lampard, who would surround the referee. But they would also almost say, look, you know, if it was almost a bit of a United Nations. You take one player down, you're going to try and take us all down because we, we can give as good as we got. And you can't forget, you know, away at Blackburn midweek when Robin yeah, was Robin taken out. Yeah. You know, but it didn't phase the team. It did not phase them. And but this do you lot... you think that was I'm a Mourinho afraid... thing, Tony? Do yes, I do. Mourinho, yeah, Mourinho I do. was very good at getting him to do that. Yes. I did as well, because he then had that in, in element of that in his... Uh, yes, he, he in, may have lost in, it in now. In, I think he's lost it now. I agree with you. But he but definitely, yeah. in his, in his enfant terrible days or whatever, Mourinho had that. Uh, and people, those players would run through the brick walls for him. Um, and, and they would run through brick walls for each other. And I, I, do, I don't see it now. I... I, I and, and um, you know, it may be a consequence, Chidge. It may be a consequence of playing nicer football. It well, may I, just... I wonder whether. Well, I tell you what, I think that's brilliant. I'm going to say, I think whether it's nicer players. I think that that bloke from Inter Milan, I keep liking and never remember his name. Um, was it Pirisic? Is it the, uh, the, the 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 attacking um, midfielder, the left hand side? I can't remember everybody's name. He's got the Serbian, the the Croatian. He, mm. he's, there's, there's, he's got a nasty aspect about him, as well as being very good indeed mm. and he's the he's the kind of sign that i wish we'd make well there isn't it, they, add they, a bit of, well if, i was just going to say to you you've been on the on the on the podding shed so you know donal and you know donal has a view that we don't have enough mad balkans in the team <laughs> he's got a fair point no, well i don't i don't i don't care where they come from but i think what we distinctly lack is is you know somebody in that team who if, if one of our creative players is getting you know yes. they're, they're doing a hatchet job on them they go through them from behind the next that. time they get and i i all i always relate this story that, that i remember from years ago uh when ryan Giggs first started playing for united and was terrorizing opposition uh left backs mm. or right backs or whatever uh, and he would get kicked, and he was only a kid. Yeah. And Brian Robson would go up, you know, went up to him and said, who did it? And he said, oh, it was him over there. He said, give me a few minutes. Yes. And then anyway, the next opportunity he got, <laughs> Robson just went straight through this guy, nearly broke his leg. I believe so a, that's what you need. Yes, I believe you know, a certain Chopper Harris on, used to do something very similar when he was captain of Chelsea but, as well. You he, know, but that, yeah. and, mate, we used to do this when I played played football as a kid. You know, it's yeah. always gone on. But I think it has gone out of the game. I'll tell you who would be good in this role for Chelsea. Ampadu. Yes. Yes. He can, yeah. he can get his foot in, yeah. you know? Yeah, he looks like he's anyway, worked doesn't can he? Can we just wrap... <laughs> Well, indeed. Can we just wrap this part yes. up? Because, I mean, there is, a, there is a chance that he might go. And I think, you know, I, I was going to ask it, you know, quite blandly, which is how, how can we replace a man with whom? But the thought occurred to me while we were all talking <laughs> is that actually it wouldn't be a bad idea getting... I mean, you know, we, it's, it, it appears to me we don't have anybody who's like an understudy for Hazard. And that's perhaps what we need. Mm -hmm. if, if, in fact, he does go, there is somebody 
who we could train on and, and get into his place rather than perhaps having to spend loads of money on buying a new person. So it's kind of either or, you know, yeah. who is out there who would be a good understudy and who is out there that we could replace I think the one that strikes me as the understudy potentially is Callum Hudson-Odoi. Uh, you know, this is the one who uh, that we, we seem to be leveraging quite a lot on. Now, listen, I know as well as anybody else that we did very similar with Josh McEachran, not for the Hazard-type role, but, you know, he was the future um, and a lot of people sort of... He was Lampard. Yeah, he? he was going to be that and he turned out not to be yeah. um, anybody in the end. And whether that was him or whether mm. attitude, uh, you know, maybe we'll all find out one day. But I think in this particular case, you've got Callum hudson Doy Actually out there, actually out in the market, I don't think there's anybody um, that's got um, Hazard's pace, that centre of gravity. He's a special one. Yeah, yeah, and, and I don't mean to nick Mourinho's phrase but for me he's the player that has most excited me at Chelsea since Gianfranco Zola okay and probably prior to that you had Pat Nevin and prior to that Charlie Cook he's at that that wizard that level of wizardry yeah um you know you've you've scripted here will he go anyway um so I, I personally I think he possibly will simply because of his age and he's got one big move left in him um, and we can't really complain. We've had six years of him. Um, we've managed to basically fuck our own um, Champions League capabilities up since 2012. You know, we've we've been out of the competition twice. We still don't know whether we'll be in it next year. You know, we're, it's so early in the season. And I, I, I think players like that want that level of exposure. And the Europa League isn't going to give it to him. Um, and it is a worry. So, you know, if you're not going to do it internally, looking across, I don't know the market as well, but I really don't think there's anybody out there that would excite the crowd. You know, the, the, let's face it, Chid, you've, you've been there um, when he's come on, you know, when, when he's been rested and come on. OK, uh, I can't remember which game it was we were at, but he came on for the last 20 minutes. I think his first or second touch, he got the ball in and we scored. And he he has that level... Uh, you said it at the beginning. He, when he's on the ball, you know, but def- defenders are petrified of him, aren't they? How many, how many other players in the Premiership are defenders absolutely petrified of? I don't think I can't think of many. You know, that have that impact. You know, when when he comes on, and I think he came on against Palace. I think he may have been rested for. I can't remember. But the the opposing fans went quiet instantly. They, they, they must have been collectively thinking, oh, shit, look who's coming on. Boy, are we going to miss him if we, if we let him, if he does go. And if he does go, like you said, he's made all the right noises. He hasn't done it in a sneaky way. Um, and it'll be a shame. But I, I just think we probably haven't got um, quite the minerals to keep him now. Then you have to think in terms yeah, of uh, the, might be right. the club must be looking at the moment for alternatives. They, you'd have thought they would. In yes. They must be thinking. Well, from a merchandising point of view as well, JK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, as I say, I think, really think this is the transfer window is going to be really important because I think if they buy a couple of marquee players, if, if, who, if anybody's available, which is, of course, the problem, as I've said before, um, it makes a statement of intent. Um and uh, and I actually think the club should have done this before, really, um, because he is makes you realise, particularly under Sarri, what an important player he is and would be if he carried on playing. Because I can only see the team getting better and better and better the way they're playing at the moment. I, I have such optimism. But the trouble is, the trouble is, the trouble is, Jonathan, it's 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 pretty much built round Hazard. 
You oh, know, yeah, if he goes at the well, end of the in the season, then where do we go? Yeah, well, Giving him the captaincy would have helped. Yeah, possibly. But I, I, I don't know. I, um, perhaps it was, you know, perhaps he he may have agreed internally that you know Dave was a, was was a, a, had more experience, so there was a better better player to play in defence. You don't know what the reasons are for it. It might have been that he wanted to have a Sarri wanted a defender as uh, as a captain because lots of them do. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it, it's a very um, it's a very delicate moment, I think, because I think with Hazard we could then um, we could then play as well as City, and we could then start dominating yeah. Europe, Europe again. And I think without him, they'd have to get some very very good players indeed, which may be their their uh, their aim if he does go. In the, and, well, and then I mean, we, Jonathan, we if, you know, if if we got enough money. For Hazard, yeah. uh, I, I mean, there's only two players right now I can think of who might might just about do it. One would be Mbappe from PSG, oh, and the other would be Dembele yeah. from Barcelona. That that goal that Dembele scored against Spurs the other night was unbelievably good. Yeah. So you know, we need somebody of that caliber to replace Hazard, and I suspect if we got that kind of money for him, that's what we'd have to do. Yeah. But whether the club would spunk it all out you know spunk it all on one player is you've just answered point you just answered uh, the anyway question there anyway Chidge, by saying that haven't you? well in, let's face it that's in, what we indeed. tend to do <laughs> yeah indeed well look let's uh let's 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 you know call time on that one because i want to go to part two but uh before i do uh just to let you know what's coming up uh, we're going to ask uh why does uh chelsea fail to kill teams off again uh, and should an out-of-form Alonso get a rest in favour of Emerson? Why was Bruce Buck talking to the Chelsea supporters outside the Amex Stadium? And what are Chelsea's prospects for a top-four finish? Plus, we have a look at Malmo FF, Chelsea's opponents in the Europa League. See you in a second. The only place for Chelsea fans. Footballfancast.com Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to Chidge and the boys on the Chelsea Football Fancast. Total nutters and proper Chelsea. Right, welcome back. Uh, this is the, uh, this is the Chelsea Fancast, or as somebody. Uh, Jonathan and I did a call, in fact, uh, after the City game, and they called it the Stanford Chidge Podcast, didn't they, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> well, there's an idea. I, I, um, I left for a few minutes. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't. You did not. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I can assure you all, it will never be called the Stanford Chidge Podcast because it will be rather bloody dull with just me on it, that's for sure. Uh, it is, in for, of course, the Chelsea Fancast, and... Uh, Apart from this little show we do, do check out our, our website, ChelseaFanCast.com, and uh, the Love Sport show that we do on Love Sport Radio on Friday evenings between 7 and 9 on 558am. And, uh, well, you can get it online, LoveSportRadio.com. We have a lot of fun doing that. Now, um, you know, let's be honest. I mean, this is the weird thing, actually. For talking to Love Sport, I was actually doing the, uh, the Sunday show while the game was on. And, of course, uh, I was with an Arsenal fan dave who who presents it with me uh we had the arsenal game on sky so i had no idea what was going on i was getting updates from the bbc website and uh the fifth stand app and was absolutely in the dark about what was going on but i'll be honest with you what 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 was what was abundantly apparent apart from me laughing at arsenal losing which i completely didn't miss the opportunity to rip out of dave but uh it, it became apparent to me i mean i actually hexed it 
frankly, because I, yes, I said, did. you know, 2-0, mm, 2-0, two nil, two nil, you know, we've, we've got to get, a, you know, they'll score if we're not, boom. And this is bearing in mind that I have no idea what's going on. I can't see the match. And the minute I said that on air live, they bloody well scored. Yes. It's the so I'm trying to check all the updates the, on Twitter. It's the equivalent of standing up when you're in your seat and at the top of your voice yelling to everybody, yeah. nothing can go wrong now. 2-0, never do oh, it. No, it was absolutely stupid of me, but there you go. Uh, and then it, it, it became apparent to me after they scored that we were somewhat under the cosh. All the updates I was reading uh, seemed to say this, but uh, whether that was true, I mean, I did watch the highlights, but you still don't get the uh, the real picture. But anyway, um, you know, Sarri, uh, I thought, again, yet again, I love this guy. He, he is so absolutely unequivocally honest in everything that he says and does at this at this club and I love him for it but he noticed that that we we seem to be most vulnerable when we're really confident cruising and on top uh, and I and I kind of thought well maybe that's the problem maybe it's an issue an issue of complacency Tony or or, or lack of concentration there was somebody I can't remember who it was who was saying that uh, Louise was so at ease with everything that was going on that he had the ball. He was in possession. He started fiddling with it. Did. It yeah. was on, so you know, it was yeah. on match the day two last night on their two good, two bad section. Yeah, he had time go. to kind there of just go. adjust his 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 hair. Yeah, he did. Um, uh, yeah, the question was, um, look, uh, there's there's a couple of things I, I just want to say here. Number one, it worries me that he notes this and hasn't got anything up his sleeve to deal with it on, in the game. That last 25 minutes yesterday was bloody painful to watch as we, you know, after they scored their goal, we, we, we really did, you know. And, and I, I go back to all of the coaches that we've had success with under Abramovich, where we have a, a bar one where you had at Mourinho when we rarely ever just used to sit deep. And if we did, we were stopping them at the halfway line. But we sitting deep, sitting deep. And I get tired. I'm sitting there thinking, for Christ's sake, we're better than this. We've, we've mullered these and now we're sitting back. And you give teams like Brighton a sniff. And and before you know it, you you, you, you will and JK will remember QPR a few years back and went to the Benitez, caught an out ago. And we barely give it but they got more and more into the game. And then Sean Wright Phillips scored that bloody goal. And it was too little too late. We couldn't get back into it. Um, the other thing I would say is um, during that last 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes and JK, um, I'll be interested in all you. We looked absolutely shattered. We looked like we'd completely run out of steam. Um, whether that was the midweek game uh, uh, or not, I don't know, but it, it we started to look really, really leggy, and um, you know Brighton had their tails up, um, and and it, it worries me. It worries me that we're either not bringing people on from the bench just to shore things up, or we might not have the the personnel to do it. But it it really is sort of like you. I've noticed it all season where we have lulls. Um, you know, we had a lull at the start of the Everton game, didn't we? Christ Almighty, you know. Um, yeah, at least we started well against Brighton. There was a difference. He's managed mm. to nip that in the bud, isn't he? He's, uh, mm. he's achieving that. Cause but that I, I, I do, I partially think that um, Sunday um, was, you know, we did look absolutely shattered. I, and I, I, what we don't seem to be very good at dealing with is this, um, mm. when they up the game, they press madly. They get in your faces, as Chidge said. But they also play huge long balls. And everything seemed to be far post and training ground stuff. And yeah. huge, 
huge, great ballooning crosses. Yeah. That you'd have thought that uh, Rudiger and Louise and um, whoever's in the penalty area would be able to deal with. But the first goal was absolutely useless, wasn't it? Just a downward yeah. head- header, and Louise wasn't there, missed it, and the, and it was tapped in. And you think, yeah. and apparently that was their first attempt on goal, or yeah. even attempt into the penalty area for thirty minutes. Yeah, and, and then you get, they, uh, and yet they scored, and you think, yeah. what that, what, why is there a vulnerability there? What yeah. is that about? And it seems that whether he needs to have them just dealing with huge crosses because they just seem to be vulnerable to that. There were actually one occasion that they, they missed it. I, I think towards the end, there, a similar cross was played to the far far post. Then there were two unmarked Brighton players there. So yeah, yeah, is it that they're knackered and they switch off, or is it? That the getting in their face takes its toll. Well, I think it's... in those situations they don't break well. They've been no. breaking very well before, but somehow they then a really sloppy pass takes. Yes, place. and frequently I have to say, the, Barclay is very guilty at the moment. He seems to have really taken his his foot off the pedal. One, I've said it before, having been um, everybody saying he's back to his best, he's just not quite been on it. Whereas um, Loftus Cheek, I actually felt looks is getting better and better. I can't believe yeah. I'm saying that so critical of him but even he towards the end looks slightly knackered as well yeah yeah and it is that, that, that's the that's the point is whether or not you're whether they're dropping off i think chidge you mentioned the c word earlier on complacency um and it started to look a little bit like that at two nil almost that kind of well we can see this out then they get a shot goal back and then suddenly it's almost like it goes back to that whole team unification thing it's almost like it, it, the, the the status quo the the stuff that holds the teams together has been shaken and there's no way of getting it back. Now, I, I don't know if anybody thinks the same as me, but the lack of a JT-type captain does seem to me to be part and parcel of that issue. Someone who would just say, yeah, don't worry totally about agree. this, you know. Uh, and uh, I'm sorry, as Piliqueta, isn't it? I don't think Gary Cahill is it. I don't know who would be it, but that kind of... Uh, in generalissimo, for want of a bit, well, so, some somebody to somebody to stick a rocket up them. Yeah, yeah, Tony, but you can go back. And you can look at your Terry Butchers, your Tony Adams, Pele's like that. Yeah. They were like real leaders. It didn't matter whether they had massive ability. You know, no one ever said John Terry was a fast player or whatever. But yes, leaders, and it's that kind of even mm. even Czech was the leader, missing. wasn't he? Yes, it's missing. Czech, it's missing. Czech yeah. had a big dominant personality as well. You could see it. He was always there with a suggestion, and they they obviously you can't expect Kepper to do that. But there isn't anybody, and I agree completely. Who who? So that we're really missing a. Um, it would probably be the same person who'd kick somebody up in the air. Would be the same leader, wouldn't it? In fact, yes, <laughs> an enforcer. Yeah. Well, may, maybe that. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe that maybe that's Ampadu. Maybe that's Ampadu, given what he uh, yeah. he was doing the other night. Now, look, Dean Mears has come up with a, a brilliant post on here, which actually was reading my mind because I was about to say exactly the same thing. And he said the hardest thing to stop stroke shift in any sport is momentum. As soon as teams get a sniff, it's incredibly difficult to get your control back on the game. And sometimes you have to ride out periods of pressure, like we did against Brighton. And I think the corollary of that is if you start the game really, really well and you get ahead very quickly and, you, and it becomes very easy, you kind of go down a few gears. And it's equally hard to go back up a few gears when the initiative and the momentum goes away from you. And I think maybe that's what lies at the problem. Anyway, uh, we, th- I think it also could have been very different. Don't forget, Hazard missed a sitter 
and uh, okay. and Alonso hit the post. So we could have yeah. we could have been four up, and we'd be not even talking about this. And actually, talking to Marcus Alonso, I mean, as always, he's come in for a fair amount of stick. Um, but I don't think there's any doubt that his form has dropped off recently. Uh, and I mean, we 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 seem to uh, you know to time this to the abuse he was getting at Spurs. But I I I think he looks more leggy actually, a bit exhausted. And I'm wondering if you know the change in role essentially is what lies at the heart of this because he's probably having to cover more mileage than he did last season. I don't know; it could be wrong. Somebody can prove me wrong with a stat, Jonathan. But I, I think maybe that's what it is. I have to say he was completely terrible, wasn't he? He just he's and he seems to. He can't cross anymore. He keeps hitting the ball too hard. He just seems to have lost lost his touch. Both, yeah. He seems to have lost his touch. And he keeps giving the ball away. And there was a period before the two goals when I was just thinking, you're you're the worst player in the team at the moment. Yeah. And this is absolutely bizarre. Yes. uh, Isn't it? Because uh, he was fabulous last year. Absolutely. And he's been pretty good beginning of this year in, in the setup. So, and uh, Jonathan, Jonathan, yeah. he was he was Jonathan. Yeah. He he was fabulous last year playing as a wing back, yeah, not as a left yeah. back. No, but he was still pretty good at the beginning of this season as well. I mean, the trouble is, is that you get the template of something like the, the, um, um, uh, Mourinho just complaining about how wonderful Liverpool were, saying that Robertson does nothing but these hundred yard sprints um, and is never exhausted. Well, in actual fact, perhaps that's what is required, and perhaps. He's just not quite fit enough or up to it, or I don't know. Uh, um, there is that. Well, he won't have. He won't have. It won't have missed Sarri that he's playing very badly because the only reason that he's got him in the side apparently is because he's much bigger than Emerson, isn't it? And he's there for the for the headers. He likes That's the big, right. bigger players. Yeah, but well, um, I would. Uh, I almost feel that Emerson should have a go. Yes, I, he'll play Emerson on Wednesday. Yeah, um, uh, he, uh, he's. It's old fashioned. Do you know what? There was a time in football where players were completely picked on form and a manager would go up to a player, put his arm around him and say, you're not at your best at the moment. So you're, you know, you're rested. You're on the bench or whatever. Um, And it's down to you now uh, to win your place back. And that seems to have drifted from the game, I think, somewhat. And I think Emerson should get a run on the basis that Alonso... Um, and I, I know there's, I know there's a, a school of thought about playing yourself back into form. I don't agree with that. I don't agree that you should be given the chance in such high pressure, high profile games, which every single Premiership game is, until you know the fat lady is singing and it's all over and you're just playing a dead rubber on the last day. I don't agree that players should be allowed to play themselves back into form in that way. Now we we don't have reserve teams anymore, so that sort of stuff's out the window really, which is where they could find their mojo again but I distinctly think that if if you've got no other way of motivating a player for whatever reason we don't know there could be other reasons in his life that he's just not quite there or he could be just shattered because he's played so many games or whatever but you know I think being rested and being put on the bench is a very easy quick win I need to get back out there and I need to prove that. I need to get myself back into it. And I think Emerson, one thing I'll say about Emerson, he does not have the height, but by God, he can cross. My God, he can cross the ball in. And he's not scared to try and get it in there. I'm tired of seeing daisy cutters from Alonso when you're in good positions, when you've got something going on there. Um, You know, too often the end product just isn't quite there for me. And this season, 
Um, I agree with JK. He and and that's what I I, I do wonder whether there was something else going on. Look, you, whether the abuse has rattled him or not, I don't know. But something, you know, he's not what he was last season, and I think possibly that's you know, good manager will get in there, recognise this, and potentially say, look, you're not out of the team, but I'm going to give you, I'm going to rest you for a couple of games, and I'm going to give Emerson a, a crack, jo- your chance to win it back. Jo- Jonathan, um, you know, Chris Hutton was complaining and moaning and saying that. Alonso should have been sent off. I mean, he, he, he I, I should be careful how I phrase this, but he gave uh, three people a tug during the match. And uh, one could argue he might have been sent off. Well, I don't know, most players be quiet. <laughs> it, depends. Yeah, it, depends how, it depends how sensitive he was with the tug, you know, if he went for the. <laughs> but no, if I, I, yeah, I agree. I think he should have been sent off. I think he, he was. Uh, really? Yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah, all three fouls he did were. Um, uh, were ridiculous, but I think this is symptomatic of him not being in, realizing he's not playing well. Because I think he yes. did that a bit. He did that last year as well. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. he lost a bit. Well, and, and and a lack of and a lack of pace, Jonathan. Yeah, I mean, that yeah, could, yeah, that could right. vindicate what we're saying about him being leggy. You're you know? right. You're right. He's not keeping up, so he, he he just tries to foul. He thinks that's the best way. But I think they were aware of that as well, and they went for him a bit as well because he looked vulnerable. He looked the most vulnerable of all the Chelsea players. Um, and, and and you know they're they're All right. they're good at they spot that don't they so they'll they'll go for them you know yeah well it's, it's Premier League mate yeah. that's why it's such a great league yeah. you know that everybody's on it now listen I'll tell you what somebody who is pleasing me a lot is uh, is Aspie who, who looks like he's getting uh, back to his best he's had a couple of very good games against City and against Brighton I thought and even managing to you know he put in a superb cross which really one of them Hazard or or whoever else I think William could have could and should have done better. Uh, and that's really pleasing to see because his form has been really poor for, I would say, since November. I mean, that one, at JK? Yeah, oh, completely. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He's uh, he's um, he's come up a notch because he was awful. It, it, it was the worst we'd ever seen him play, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Before that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I've got no uh, no problem with him at all. I think he's really improved, got back. Yeah. So um, uh, but once again, will he, will he play him at... Um, Will he play him on Wednesday just because he's obviously in this form? Will he give him a rest? Be interesting to see what, what team he does choose on Wednesday. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm, mm, I'm, I'm, I'm very impressed with him again. Thank goodness, really. Yes. Yeah. And I thought it was – I don't – this is starting to sound like me and JK have had a pre-meeting and we're all agreeing on everything, <laughs> which is um, it's highly unusual. But I, I agree. And, um, yeah, as P had looked – and it was almost like it's the, the very thing that you would never allow – it's – you know that which we shall never mention was that he was way off what he was last season, and then yeah, it's good to see that he's 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 actually back. And maybe it was just a case of readjusting to new systems or what. Um, but yeah, it is good to see him back because he's, uh, you know, he's he's going to be at Chelsea till the end of his career, isn't he? Um, and I think we need that. I think that's that's the kind of uh, thing that we had before with players staying on for a long time. And um, yeah, I, I'm glad to see it. I don't think he's a captain, mind, but you know. I like. I, well, maybe not. I, I'm inclined to agree a little bit. But what I did like, I loved his comments in the press yeah. the other week, which were saying that he's kind of in, inherited the mantle from the likes of Lampard and J and JT in terms of, you know, inculcating new players into the culture of the club and what it's about, what it means to play for Chelsea. And I was, I was really pleased to see that. Uh, right, I'm going to move it on uh, because John, Jonathan name checked him earlier. Um, again, very pleasing to see Ruben Loftus-Cheek coming on. Did all right, again. I, I tell you what I'm getting the impression with, guys, uh, and this is the fact that, you know, he brought him on in the City match, 
uh, at a crucial time. Um, we were only 1-0 up at the time. It tells me, uh, Tony, that, that Sarri tr- is beginning to trust Ruben Loftus-Cheek, which is delightful. Uh, and I think that means he's going to get more game time. And I think that will mean that a, a loan move, which has been mooted, or even a sell, is highly unlikely. I mean, nobody at the club has, has said this is going to happen, incidentally. But, you know, the, the, the tabloids have been rumour-mongering about it. But it's really good to see that I think Sarri trusts him and is probably going to give him more game time, yeah? Uh, yes, but I'll tell you what, that works two ways. And it's good to see Rubens Loftus-Cheek actually making an effort. And I don't mean that nastily because I think JK and I have agreed on this in the past that he just didn't look like he he had what it takes. You know, he was coming on. He was not really seems to be showing any desire in previous seasons. Um, whatever. I think you know what I think it's done. Rubens Loftus cheat the world of good, the World Cup. He was trusted by Gareth Southgate despite his lack of game time with us. And yes, he had some game time at Crystal Palace. But I think um, he 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 gained a lot. And I think Gareth Southgate has been very good for Rubens Loftus-Cheek. Um, and I think that started to show um, and erase in his mind any doubt or lack of desire. So I think it's a 50-50 thing. I don't think it's just about tr- Sarri trusting him. I think it's about the fact that he has had a realisation, a, a, a kind of, uh, as alcoholics call it, a moment of clarity, I believe, um, where he realised that if he was going to do anything at Chelsea, he was going to have to up his game. And I think also with these younger players, you, you've, we've seen it before, but the more game time they get, the, they get, the more confident they become and the less of a, uh, you know, the, the less of a minor character on the pitch they become. You know I what I mean? they feel loved. Yeah. It. Well, so yeah. I think they feel it's that thing of he he's he did an interview last night on Chelsea TV um, and uh, he, he was uh, expressed himself better. And you've, I thought, yeah, he's making progress. He's looking maturer. And uh, and and this is perhaps that's what it is. Perhaps he was too immature. He has a very interesting move. He does. But he did a wonderful run, didn't he? When he beat about four players and he then yeah. didn't, didn't quite pull the trigger in the penalty area. He just sort of yeah. slightly fell over. Such a shame. Would have been a great goal. Yeah. And he does that kind of thing where he does kind of step over mid-run, which looks as if he's actually kneeing one of the members of the opposition in the bollocks. He just seems to do it every single time. And yeah. I'm, I'm always amazed the referee lets it go. He does a kind of stagger forwards and, and a push. And you think, God, he's just butted that bloke out of the way. But it seems yeah. to be part, part of his, his game when he runs. But uh, um, yeah. no, it needs an enormous unit. And there's a Hullet-like quality to that kind of thing, which... Uh, um, was it, wasn't yeah, that I, one of his traits at the kind of youth or the younger level was that he he was much more mature and and uh, and if you like more able to impose himself at that level and then enormous and then you've got that you've always got that step up to the premiership where you've got yeah crusty old grizzled <laughs> old scarred professionals you know who've been in the trenches a long time who go yeah all right listen son i'm going to teach you a lesson or two and i think it's good that he's he's coming on but i still i still maintain that there's you know that, that he had to show more to be trusted well, yeah, more. but we both agreed we that's one of the things we agreed on wasn't it one of the few things but we're agreeing tonight i'm a bit worried tony we're we're agreeing too much <laughs> me and, too um but yeah. um, but, but, they yeah, not, argue, uh, don't we? Come on, Chidge. Yeah, we had right, to find something in a minute. Um, to, um, but to, to answer Chidge's question, uh, no way will he be moving anywhere. No way. He's part. Of, yeah, exactly. He's part no, of no the setup completely now. Completely. They'd be mad. You know what, uh, you, Jonathan? Uh, 
Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan, our friend who phones us up pretty much every week on the Love Sports Show, uh, Aurelius13, also known as Mark, has just made a very good point. He said that the false number nine allows Loftus-Cheek to make the bench as a winger or in midfield. And I think that's actually a good point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because yes, yeah. Mm. Well, we, well let's, all, let's all agree that there are rumours that Morata might be going to, to Spain um, in the transfer window on a loan move, and I think we'd all be. I'll drive him there. Yes, mate. exactly. We'll all be. We'll all be offering yeah. him. Please say what I think you're going to say because I would. Yeah. I think I'm going to 100 percent agree with you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that I think Loftus Cheek could do a job as a striker. Oh yeah. Mm. Yes, I do. As well, perhaps mm, as the full so nine. Sure. Perhaps as the yeah. false nine. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. You know, I think I think he would. I mean, I. You know, he he knows where the goal is. He's willing to have a go. Um, uh, and, technique. Well, and also there's this thing. Oh, he's not. He's not that sort of player. Well, you know what? Marcel Desailly wasn't a defender, but he became one. Thierry Henry wasn't a striker, but became one. Good players are often need just be pulled by the nose into a position and, and being told try this, and suddenly, oh okay, my God, right, there's listen. revelation there. And I just think that yeah, I think I. But it, listen, could he be worse than Morata? No. 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 Uh, I'm, I, I, even I'm better than Morata. Anyway, listen, I've got some breaking news from uh, Mixler here. They've all been talking away as they do. Tony will know this because I know he's been hiding in there. They're, they're all, they're all, they're all uh, mooting the possibility of, uh, in a few years down the line, uh, selecting the team either via the Fifth Stand app or Twitter as a poll. Right. Which I think is an excellent idea. Well, it's what, Fifth Stand. I don't know what basically, that is. So I, think, I, I need to check oh, that. It's, it's the Chelsea app. It's the, it's the Chelsea app. But I think the, the point is is that it, this came out of the discussion that, you know, in the not-too-distant future, we will have run out of managers to hire because we would have hired all of them. <laughs> uh, so, actually, the best thing to do is to, is to transpose team selection over to the masses on Twitter or the Fifth Stand Just give Fifth it to us three. Users. I think this is a... Like, like, yeah, I think it's a brilliant idea. It will be like selectors, the cricket selectors. It will happen. Indeed. And the thing is that we three... You think it'll happen? Seriously? We, we three won't be here because we'll have been replaced by robots. <laughs> oh, I can't, I can't wait. Yeah. I'm longing for the day, JK. Yeah. I'm longing for the day. I might actually get some bloody sleep for a, a, a change. Right, now I'm going to shift, shift gears just to prove that unlike the Chelsea team, we can shift gears up or down. Uh, but uh, something that, that struck me as rather unusual um, on, on Sunday. And I really don't know much about this other than the fact that I, I read that Bruce Buck, the Chelsea chairman, and Steve Atkins, who's the director of communications, were apparently at the entrance to where the, you know, the supporters go in in the away entrances. Uh, I, I'm pres- presuming that it had something to do with their concern for what happened last Thursday and, of course, last Sunday, was it Sunday? I think it was. Um, which was obviously, you know, the, the racist and anti-Semitic chanting, and there was it all blew up again on Thursday because of a, a few people were doing it um, in in uh, in Hungary. Can I ask a question? Did anybody on Mixler speak to Bruce Buck and Steve Atkins, who was at the game? And I, what did they say to them? Because at the moment, all we know. Is well, I, I don't know. I mean. We've just asked the question there just then, Jonathan, so if anybody was, no doubt they'll tell us, but I don't know. But I would imagine that they were kind of reinforcing the point that, you know, any, any you know, racist or anti-Semitic chance, uh, you know, UEFA are looking at us, the Premier League and the FA will look at us, the journalists are all looking at us. So if you do it, you know, you're going to cause yeah. trouble for the but, club and, and your fellow supporters. Can, so, can we be specific? From that perspective, I don't think it's about... 
Sorry, go, go on. You know, can we be specific about what, what I'm finding so weird about this is there seems to be an inability for people to state the major problem is the who's that team we call the Chelsea song. And this doesn't seem yeah, to be stated yeah. by people. So consequently, the whole of Twitter is outraged at Dan Levine and outraged oh, he, at everything he, by by the fact that because they don't know what he's talking about. They don't know the specific thing that he's mentioning, which is the who's that team we call the Chelsea song? Because he is bizarrely um, um, cautious about yes. talking about it um, and just says there was abuse. If he said early on, guys, it's the who's that team we call the Chelsea song. You mustn't say it. Then that would cause debate. Then you get people saying, yeah, but the Spurs fans call themselves the Y yeah, word. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Then you have that debate rather than just coming in all the time and saying it's it, there is abuse. And, and because people, the, the fans themselves are ignorant. They don't know what they, they don't believe that is the source of racism, that song. So therefore they say, I didn't hear anything. So I just wonder whether Bruce Buck had said, guys, this is the song we don't want you to sing because this appears to be the point that everybody is missing. And I just don't get it. I don't know why people aren't flagging it up, just saying, don't sing the Y word song. Don't sing it. Then we'd all do it. I think it. I don't think it will stop some. No, no indeed it won't. It won't. But there, there are still people who will stand there and chant murderers at Liverpool, even yeah, though, true, true, true. Um, you know, uh, after everything, they, you know, you, you, you killed your own fans at Hillsborough. And I think I'm going a bit James O'Brien here because I think it's all a bit, it's, it's, it's very serious. I thought the abuse for Dan was, I've met Dan. He's a lovely bloke, right? He's, he's, he's almost just being a whistleblower to say, this is going on. Okay. This is what I'm reporting on. Okay. And the level of abuse and threats and I saw one which basically said, I hope you get murdered while you're out there. I saw that. I was on Twitter. Yeah. And that, that to me is absolutely, you know, these people, uh, if you could, if you could ban them from being Chelsea fans, if you could withdraw the whip, for want of a better phrase, then I would do it because it is shocking. Now, whether or not you, whether or not you like Dan Levine's writing or whether you, you know, you, you agree with his cause, there is a, there's a hardcore of fans or, not a hardcore because that, that builds them up a little bit there's a core of morons who just don't they, they see that song as anti-tottenham not anti-semitic yeah. um yeah. and they don't they don't recognize the difference and and i think is that there was a really good article last year i think it was in the guardian by david Badil and Ivor Badil, yeah who are chelsea jewish fans and how it makes them feel you know to sit there and listen to that I don't care about the what about I think is the latest key phrase. What about you know the Spurs fans? I couldn't care less. Don't sing it. It's that simple. Mm. Okay. And 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 I just think it's can you ever get rid of it? Listen, me, you and Chidge could sit down and we could have a whole show about this and still not come up with an answer or answers that people No, I mean know, and, and 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 Tony I've I've run the gauntlet all week. I did a piece in the Times which got me into trouble because I was you know it was after the Sterling yeah. incident so I was focusing very much on the issue of uh, racism against black and and people of yep. you know all sorts of ethnic minorities and I failed to you know because yeah. I said something like and I mean this is an interesting point because you sit fairly near me and, yes you know it's fairly sedate where I sit yes. and I, I genuinely haven't heard anybody 
use you know racism directed at black supporters or black players in all the time I've sat there, which is nearly twenty years, and that's the, the question that I answered. But of course, it it wasn't true that I haven't heard racism because of course we've been singing that song for years and yeah. using the Y word, and that is racism. No, no two ways about it. Benny the Blue here has just come up with a brilliant uh, post here. This nails it, in my view. Benny the Blue says, hey, I'm Jewish. It's fucking anti-Semitic. Don't give a shit what they say or what the history is. Fuck all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't be more, you know, lying in the sand than that. And, it, and, it, and he's right in terms of that. I mean, the other thing about it, I would say, is that, I mean, I, I, I'm very fond of Dan. I, I, he's, a, he's a very good friend. Um, and he's taken this challenge up as a, as a massive cause. And he's been going on about it for a long, 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 long time. Uh, and, and and the abuse that he's getting is very sad, and I I, I, I worry for his yes. safety at the moment. I really do. That's that's part um, of it. Yeah, without doubt. Yeah, but I, I have to say, uh, you know, there there is an awful lot of projection going on. There's a lot of whataboutery going on. There's a lot of uh, victim, uh, you know, deflection going on. Mm. It's like we're the victims because we because we're the the media are. There's a lot of scapegoating going on, and it's from a very wide. I mean, okay, I say wide. I mean, I'm only going from what I see on Twitter, but there's a lot of there's a lot of people on Twitter who I wouldn't consider racist or, or troublemakers at all piling into Dan and the issue. But it's it's we said it on Friday, didn't we, Jonathan? Yeah. It's pretty simple. You know, we got lo- we got loads and loads and loads of songs. You know, Roman Abramovich doesn't like us using the Y nope. word. Uh, it is offensive to other people. It's not about what we think about it. It's whether other people find it offensive and they do. So surely it's very simple. Just don't sing the bloody song. Yes, you know, exactly. How simple can it be? Yeah. Yeah, there we go. Uh, and actually, just to, to finish up on uh, on Bruce, I mean, you know, I think maybe that, that answers the question because I, I agree with you. There's always going to be some people who are racist. There's always going to be some people who are anti-Semitic, there's always going to be some people who are going to sing these songs because that's reflective of society. There are always people that are going to do this kind of thing. But I think because so many Chelsea supporters have always considered it to be anti-Spurs, it's probably a lot more people singing it than would do if they only thought about what they were doing. And I suspect that Bruce and Steve were probably trying to connect with those kind of people rather than the hardcore people who are just you know going to sing it anyway Mm. um i do wonder also i do wonder also chaps what the what the media's role in this is and again i'm not trying to mitigate anything here because let me you know just state for the record and i won't i won't speak for the others but in a sense i don't have to because i'm sure they'd agree but you know we we absolutely condemn any racist and anti-semitic and abusive behavior actually uh unconditionally you know i don't want it anywhere near my club not that it's my club but i you know I, I love going to chelsea a huge part of my life is built around following this club so many of my friends are through following this club uh, and i i don't want to have to be sitting here there dealing with all of this you know i really don't so we absolutely condemn it of course we do but i do wonder what the media's role is is in this because Frankly, I don't think the media give two shits about the issue per se. They only really give a shit about what they're going to write tomorrow, you know, what they're going to say tomorrow. And this fuels it. This is manna from heaven for them because they have a 24-7 rolling news agenda and this feeds it. And they are. I see them do this for other issues too. It's like a frenzy, isn't it, uh, Tony? You know, um, uh, I listen to... um 
James O'Brien pretty much every day. Um, and I, I, I listened to what he said, and he had, a, he had part of his phone in the other day devoted to the difference in coverage given by the mainstream press, as in the mainstream papers, towards Raheem Sterling and Phil Foden, right? And he just read out a couple of headlines and said, guess which one's which? It was something along the lines of one was um, premiership footballer who's barely made any starts, still treats his mum to a £400,000 house. Yeah. The other one was premiership footballer earning so much a week, decides to fly easy jet. Guess which one was which? It's that, and it's almost an unwitting, no, it's not an unwitting testimony. It's a kind of hidden form of racism. Look at the black guy who's got all the money. He's only going on easy jet. Look at that young white lad over there. He's not even getting games every week, and he's bought his mum a house. And that kind of stuff is pervasive, and it's insidious, and it's all around us. Um, so when you move away from overt racism of monkey charts, bananas, and the crap that I've had to listen to back in the early days when I was a kid and going to Stamford Bridge, you know, um, and as, as all but dissipated apart from this this one um, hook into into Spurs and, and their kind of their heritage or whatever. And now you've got this kind of different one that's there, which is, and it is the media that are pu- pu- pushing this. I don't see or hear anybody at the bar in Stamford Bridge or in the cock going, what's that geezer doing over there with that flash jacket on? Just simply because he happens to be a different colour. But they push this sort of agenda, and there are plenty of examples. And the it's sun... Dog, it's, dog, it's dog whistling. It, it's absolutely... That's the phrase I'm looking for. It's dog whistle um, uh, uh, journalism. Um, and uh, I think it shows the people who've written that and the sub-editors and that who have passed that up for what they are. It is still very much that kind of world. Um, I, you know, I, I still don't go with all this white privilege bollocks and all this sort of stuff because, you know, my dad didn't give me any real privilege as such, you know, or whatever. I've worked for what I've got. But everyone should have been given that equal opportunity. And what they don't need is this kind of... Uh, it's, it's almost a subversive line of, of headlines and stuff like that which portrays uh, uh, <laughs> black people. You know, you've got this whole anti-Soros thing going he's a Jew, this sort of stuff, you know, that you had all the stuff about Abramovich not getting his, his, his visa. Don't tell Globalization. me. Globalisation. Yes. Yeah. And I think, it, I think the media has a major role in it. And actually, physician, heal thyself. Before they start lobbing bricks, everybody else, they should start looking at their own industry because I think it's pretty bad. Did that sound like a bit of a soapbox mm. ramble? Well, <laughs> good though, good I don't know, but I mean, Benny, Benny, Benny the Blue said this. That I summed this up in an article I wrote for Football London. I've got no idea whether they put it up or not the other week, but uh, there's a, a real sense that because a lot of the journalists in this country are, uh, you know, of, of the ilk that we're talking about, is uh, predominantly white, middle-aged, and middle class. There's a, a discomfort that they almost congenitally have about you know black footballers or black people doing really really well and the and the and the and the hit that you know the hidden subtext of this is that they should know their place which i think is awful and insidious in the extreme but anyway i think we should move on because we could do a whole show on this maybe we should i think i just suffice to say that i think ryan sterling was was very brave for doing what he did and challenging that and i think that dan levine is being incredibly brave doing what he's doing and making a stand 
but, I, but the other thing I think is that the, the you know with the media, Jonathan, with the me, with, so do I, mate. But with the media, Jonathan, I mean, I noticed this this week is that you know, and I was very mindful. Of anything that I said in the press is that look, it didn't look good at all what happened on Sunday against Man City. But I'm not a lip reader, and the the club are investigating it, as are the police, and they will they will establish whether he said anything racist or not. But until then, he's innocent until proven guilty. Mm-hmm. And earlier in the week, all the press were covering it, saying alleged racial abuse at Chelsea on Sunday. And then by the end of the week, nothing had changed. At the end of the week, they were saying racial abuse. You know, so that suits their agenda in a sense. Yeah. You know, and I just think that's awful. I really do. Anyway, well, I said this on Friday. I, I do think, though, that the fact that we're debating whether the guy um, in the glasses and the uh, the sixty year old bloke the, who who was clearly, in my view, off his nut, the very fact we're debating whether he was racist or not, whether he said rucksack or black or goodness knows what else or mank, I think to me is completely irrelevant. I yes. really think that yeah, I really think him abusing Sterling from an inch away was in such a vile, frantic weird way as with the other three guys was sufficient for me for the club to say guys what is going on here you know forgive me i'm the if a if a premier league player comes who has who's done hasn't done much but just be you know he tries tries hard has improved his game sterling plays well for england i want to take a photo of him i don't want to abuse him i'm afraid i don't i don't i don't go for that so uh but that's that's just me but um I, I honestly, I know it goes on at every ground, but I, I, there are just degrees of, of you can boo somebody if you don't like them. But to start, that is just the, the look on their faces. You think, what what have you got? I wanted to find out what they all did for a living to find out whether they were, they're probably all CEOs or something. It's always the case, isn't it? But uh, but no, that that's just my view. I found it just... Um, yeah. Uh, well, Jonathan, Jonathan, I, I, Jonathan, I agree with you. And, and the article that I wrote in Football London covered that in depth because i i have to be on you know i i have been a very angry person in my time i have to admit and i and i've often used football as as an outlook yeah, for that yeah. and you know i like i like the i like the odd expletive or two as you well know you see me in action jacob I've, I've it doesn't take to much you. to get me right up <laughs> i know so you know and i, I mean I, I did this sitting with i'll just share this with you people i did this sitting with jk in the posh seats and uh some some Hull City player, I think it was Huddleston, wasn't it? Tried to kill one of Chelsea's players, in my view. And I was up giving it the F and the C and the everything else, I tell you. And, I, and this is in the posh seat. So I kind of understand that. But I tell you what that incident on Sunday did for me. It was like, it's like a, a mirror being reflected back. And I thought, Christ, is that what I'm like? That's awful. I mean, that's just so over the top, man. Yeah. Why do we have to be so angry and hateful at the football? Yeah. And it made me, it shocked me. It made me think, it made me think, I'm like that, actually, when I get going. And maybe I shouldn't be, frankly. Anyway, and can we go, go, go back to the football now? Yeah. It sounds like a therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, much, I, I already much, bloody pay for that. Do I, I need to be you? doing it here. How much do I owe you, Chidge? 50 quid an hour, mate. You, no, 50 quid for 50 minutes. So you're, it's, uh, that's a pound a minute, isn't it? Well, so that about, three, about a fiver, three mate. Three quid I owe you then. Thank you. <laughs> Something like that, yeah. All right. Um, I just wanted to. I mean, we're going to really be going for ages on this part, but never mind. There's lots, so, so many good things uh, yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was. I just thought it was quite interesting. You know, it, it was really good to 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 beat Brighton, obviously, and 
you know, uh, see Arsenal lose. It's getting very, very tight at the top. I mean, we're, I know we're eight points behind Liverpool and seven behind City, but in the scheme of things, that's not too much. Uh, and uh, we're only two points behind Tottenham and three up above Arsenal. It just occurs to me that this could be possibly the toughest, uh, you know, top four to get into for a long, long time. <coughs> yeah. Um, I, I but do you feel, still feel confident that we can make it? Um, <laughs> I've never confident shit. I've supported us since 1970. How can you come out with that? You know what <laughs> I said boy. about the, the day we had to beat bloody Wigan um, to win the championship. I, you know, we won 8-0. I started to relax at 6-0 when we had six minutes left to go. That was the point where I thought, well, oh, okay, we could, we could still do this. Um, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a different animal. That's years and years of, of hurt. is never quite gone away. Listen, uh, the top five you've got, um, in front of us there, Liverpool, City, Tottenham, Chelsea, Arsenal, that will be the top five. United ain't getting back into this. Um, they, they are... Uh, I, I'm, 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 I would have barely been surprised had they announced that Mourinho was off today. Um, I watched their game yesterday against Liverpool um, uh, and, and they were massively outclassed in just about every area of the pitch. Um, Arsenal, I, I, I look at Arsenal and think that they are... Um, you know what? We're almost like twins, and that's going to a lot of people can go fuck off. We hate like Arsenal. Both got new coaches. Um, Arsenal um, arguably are in that kind of uh, post, uh, like, like Man United were post Matt Busby. They're in that phase um, when you've had somebody at the club for 22 years. That influence takes some getting rid of. Um, I like Unai Emery. I like his um, kind of demeanour. I like his uh, his post match interviews. Um, uh, and I, th- I think we're, we're, you know, that's that's the ones we've got to watch. Tottenham, do you know what? They haven't had any injuries yet, and uh, I see problems for them when they do get them. But I think we were all a bit premature to laugh at them because they hadn't spent any money. What that's done is probably pulled that that squad tighter together, um, and they know each other better. And there's been less disruption. I'd argue with that. Um, Liverpool City, I think it's, I think it is that two horse race. I think City will prove too strong in the end. Um, and it, uh, I know Klopp isn't liked by a lot of people, but I like him. And the football they played yesterday was, if it's called heavy metal football, then bring it on because it was, um, you know, it left, uh, uh, you know, one of our most respected and, and probably formerly loved managers, but our most successful manager looking completely perplexed. Um, uh, there was, there was, that was yesterday's game between Liverpool and Manchester United was probably the, the representation that football has overtaken Mourinho. And things have moved on from his 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 style and his methods. And uh, but I think that top five is where it is now. Are we still strong? Are we strong enough to get in there? <sighs> I'll tell you what. I think there's a fag paper between us and Arsenal. I really do. Um, I, I think the only the team that is probably in most. What, what about Tottenham? Yeah, well, what about Tottenham? I said I think they've been very fortunate with injuries. I think there's a fag paper between us. I think there's a fag paper between us, Tottenham, and yeah, Arsenal. Yeah, really. I think you're probably right. I think uh, Tottenham have had a little little run. They've not really played anybody of any any worth. Uh, and when they did, um, Arsenal, Arsenal were you know pretty comprehensively the better team in the end that day. Uh, in what was a fabulous match, um, but I would say that yeah, they, I think that that's where they're going to have their problems, um, and, and I think for all three of those London teams, that's um, you know Tottenham. I think are the ones that are in, most in danger of regressing because of the you know the ground. Um, they're going to be 
perhaps crippled a bit like Arsenal were in terms of who they can buy and what they can buy. And the fact that I think Pochettino is on a lot of clubs' lists to move on. You know what I mean? So to move on to other clubs. So that's that's what I think. I don't see him going anywhere with that new stadium on the horizon. I really don't. I I, I can see him sticking around there for for another season at the minimum. But if to be big, honest, if a big, I don't think they really. Or... They don't think they care about whether he wins anything or not. Well, okay. I I, I just think if a <laughs> or, or or a big you know one of the big Spanish boys, Real Madrid are really suffering again, aren't they? And if I think if they came and dangled mm. their carrot. Uh, of course, it was the Europa League draw today. I'm sure everybody, like Jonathan, was glued to their TV. Uh, now, we could have drawn Celtic, Club Bruges, Fenerbahce, Galatasaray, Krasnodar, Lazio, Malmo, Olympiacos, Rapid Vienna, Rennes, Sporting Lisbon, Shakhtar Donetsk, Slavia Prague, Victoria Pilsen and Zurich. What we got was Malmo, which I think could be very interesting. Uh, now, I'm gonna, the, the first leg, I think, is going to be somewhere between the 14th and the, and the 21st of February and the second between the 7th and 14th. Um, but a quick thing about Malmo before we decide whether we're happy with it or not. Uh, they're the most successful football club in Sweden with a record 23 league titles and 14 national cup titles. They're the only club from Nordic countries to have reached the final of a European Cup because they were the runners-up in the 1979 Europe... Well, it was the, it was the European Cup final, which uh, Forrest won, of course, 1-0. Uh, and they qualified for two consecutive groups of the Champions League in 2014 and 2015. Their current manager is Uwe Rosler, oh. who we would have last seen at Brentford. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they've got famous former players, famous former players in Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Jaya Litmanin, yep. or Yari Litmanin, because I can't, I can't spell, Yari Litmanin, <laughs> Martin Darlin, and uh, Stefan Schwartz. And uh, Roy Hodgson managed them between 85 and 89. And in their Europa League group, uh, they were with Genk, Besiktas, and Sarpsborg. Genk were top. And Malmo won two, drew three, and lost one. And they finished third in the Swedish league, which finished, I think, at the end of November. Um, so, uh, Tony, are you happy with Malmo? Yeah, yeah you've got to be, haven't you? Um, uh, for yeah, for, for the, the away fans, I, I think Sweden's probably a very lovely place to visit. It's on my bucket list, of course. I haven't been there yet. I've been to Denmark, and I love Denmark. Um, I think it's, uh, it's a good away day for those people who want to go. Um, it's not likely to be, you know... Uh, truncheons and stuff like that with, with the Swedes they don't seem to be strike me as that sort of um they're lovely they'll but, discuss it with you they'll, yeah they'll, they'll say what do you think you what you're doing you know not to be a hooligan you know well, yeah exactly um I think we sh- it's a game we should win but you know what you're doing you're probably playing the equivalent of a uh, I, I don't know uh, a Newcastle or, or someone like that um where on paper you should win but you know, um, Nottingham Forest equivalent. Yeah, it's a tricky, tricky sort of tie. You don't know quite how it's going to turn out. You know, Derby gave us a little bit of a scare, didn't they? And um, whatever. But I mean, you, you couldn't ask for any better. When you look at some of the other sides that were in, I think Lazio were in there, weren't they? And uh, Valencia um, uh, and teams. You know, there was a few teams that you probably would have thought, oh, no, I don't want to meet them really. Not at this stage, anyway. Um, uh, and obviously, we've avoided the potential catastrophe of, of, of you know of a Tottenham or a Manchester United being in there um from from the, the Champions League. So yeah I'm, I am pleased with it. And I I I I I I like I don't mind the Europa League as a competition. I think, you know, I've always been of the view like the Cup Winners Cup. Um if you're in it, try to win it. Get on with it, you know. Mm. 
I think, I like, think aren't we, aren't uh, we the only team that treated it seriously? Or United won it, didn't they? But up until we won it, yeah, I think yeah. no, no other English or British team had really treated it particularly seriously. And uh, I think it's a shame, isn't it? It's a trophy. Trophy's a trophy. It is indeed. It is indeed. I mean, I, I think it's a good draw. I mean, it, it'll be a great away trip, no doubt. There's a huge amount of support in Sweden, in Sweden for Chelsea. We know lots of them. Daniel uh, phoned us up on the Love Sports Show the other week, and Oscar I know well, and the wonderful uh, Freddie, who's on the Patreon, or he's a patron of ours, in fact, and uh, he messaged me. He's looking forward to seeing us all there, and he said basically it's very expensive in Sweden, so watch out, which it is. But I suspect a lot of us will be going via Denmark, which is not as expensive. Um, but yeah, great trip. Of course, memories of uh, 1998 and the uh, Cup Winners' Cup win out in Stockholm. Mm. So we, we like a bit of Sweden, and the women are beautiful, oh, yes. just saying. Yep. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, a few of, them, few of our mixed a lot are going out there, by the looks yeah, of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Paul Guevara, he, he's going, yeah. Vindablue has confirmed it. So- when they, you say their women are beautiful, I, I just say Agneta Falskog mm. from ABBA. My mm. all-time top yeah, favourite woman ever, ever, ever. Well... Well, let's hope that uh, Malmu uh, meet their meet their Waterloo. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but, oh, so, 14th of February. 14th of February. Yellow cards over this. Don't don't leave home without hazard. I've just got it. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well done, well done. Only an hour and twenty minutes into the no, show. Uh, basically, uh, yeah, the it should be great. It should be great. And the it's 14th of February is the. Uh, is the date for the away fixture, the Valentine's Day. So you could go out, you could go out to watch Chelsea beat Malmo on Valentine's Day and fall in love with a Swedish girl. And you can thank me now. All right, okay, right now, part three. Uh, we're going to preview uh, Chelsea's Caribou Cup quarterfinal against Bournemouth on Wednesday and the Premier League match against Leicester on Saturday. And before that, uh, Jonathan needs to get uh, wake up a bit because he's got a few emails to read out. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Chidge. JK. In all the years you've been following Chelsea, you hardly ever miss a match, home or away. But how would you feel if you couldn't be there and it's not on TV? Oh, Chich, I'd be bereft, inconsolable. The thought of missing my beloved Blue Boys live. <laughs> it's all too much. <laughs> I know, JK, I know. It's all a bit too much, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> well, panic not. NordVPN have come to the rescue. They have? Yep, NordVPN allows us to watch any match, even if it's not on live TV here. They do? Yeah, they do. With just one click, they switch your virtual location to a country which is showing the match and they act as your cyber bodyguard whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like card details and passwords. Oh, wow. Great. Uh, But yeah, I bet that'll cost me a fortune. Actually, JK, it's only the price of a cup of coffee per month and you can use your account across six devices. It's a bargain, JK. And best of all... No more tears for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you, NordVPN. I'm so happy. I could cry. <laughs> where do I sign up, Jidge? 
Well, to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support the Chelsea Fancast. The link is in the podcast episode description box. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Proper Chelsea. Football Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and this, of course, is the Chelsea Fancast. Uh, we've had a right old ding-dong of a chat in part two, which is kind of almost as long as the show is normally, but there you go. Uh, right, now, before I let Jonathan loose on uh, on his emails this week, I can confirm, I found the uh, the the, uh, the post on, uh, on Patreon, or Patreon or whatever it's called, uh, from Frederick Carberg, great Freddy, who... Uh, who likes drinking vodka. If you've ever seen him around the bridge, he's got a shirt that says drink vodka. He's a brilliant bloke from Sweden. And he says, welcome to Sweden, Chidge. It's cold and super expensive. You really should come. So there you go. I'm bloody tempted, mate. But I, uh, in, while we were kind of technically off air, I explained why it might not be a good idea. Anyway, uh, right. Jonathan, would you like to read your emails? I'd love to. I'm just finishing a mince pie, actually, would you believe are you? How Christmas? Yeah, but I may I say it's a gluten-free mince pie before you go mad with joy. So hang on. Okay, fair enough. Well, while you're doing that, I can relate to the people that Dean, Dean Mears posted on Mixler a remarkably good chant from circa 1998, which was sung in Sweden, which is along the lines of you're fit, but you're, hang on, you're shit, but your birds are fit, which I think is true. <laughs> so there you was go. that in the um, Cup Winners' Cup final? I think so, yeah. I mean, I wasn't there, so I, I don't. No, know I remember that. I, I, I was there. I think to. I remember that. I remember thinking that's very funny. Yeah, they occasionally come up with gems, so therefore I get bemused by the fact that we carry on chanting the same anti-Tottenham rubbish, or re- refer to past players all the time when we're not get, getting behind the the players on the pitch. I don't get it. Oh, then suddenly, correct. suddenly they'll come up with something like that. Your your shit, but your birds are fit. You think, yeah. We've got these minds there. Let's come up with a few more things that are actually mm. pro the players on the pitch at the moment. Anyway, I've said my bit. There we go. Hang on. Just finished it. I've finished my mince pie. Spencer Kitchen. <clears throat> Hello. Off the top, I want to say I'm a big fan and newer listener of the show. I've been listening to a few general football podcasts for a while, but I recently found some extra time for more casts given a new and longer work commute. I'd like to share the story of how an American living in Michigan became a Chelsea fan quite by accident. Michigan, I think it's Michigan, isn't it? Um, My first real exposure to football beyond schoolyard stuff was the 2006 World Cup. I had a good friend who's a big football fan, got me over to watch some World Cup games that summer. Naturally, I supported the US team, but also enjoyed backing the German and English teams, as that's my ancestral composition. It was good fun. And I couldn't get enough of it as it was happening. Fast forward to the fall of that same year, and I'd practically forgotten football even existed as the NHL ice hockey season started. Being from the metro Detroit area, our local team, the Red Wings, are a huge deal with a long winning tradition and a very good team around that time. Our city has even been dubbed Hockey Town. So it wasn't until November that I actually watched another football match 
my friend from school, the same one who'd gotten me into the World Cup the previous summer, invited me over to watch an EPL game. This is where my accidental fandom begins. He was a Manchester United performer. Performer? Sorry, supporter. And being the contrarian that I sometimes enjoy playing, decided to cheer for the opposition team. That team was Chelsea. To be quite honest, I, I wouldn't even remember the scoreline of that match without having looked it up. But I remember being intrigued all over again, aided by the likes of Cole and Ballock, whom I'd remembered watching at the World Cup. I became a fan instantly. I'd be lying if I said I didn't remain casual for a few years after, but I did start following the team. Ice hockey, which I began playing at the age of four, and football share a lot of similar tactics, but just on different scales. And I find myself picking up and understanding the game pretty quickly and enjoying the beauty in it. As the years have gone on, shockingly enough to myself, my fandom for Chelsea and indeed football on the whole has actually surpassed my love of hockey. Thanks for a great show that feeds my obsession and increases my understanding. I'm glad I found it and glad to be a Chelsea supporter, even if it was completely by accident. Cheers from across the pond, Spencer. Good mail. I like that. Found it completely yeah. by accident. Lovely. <laughs> doesn't matter how you came across it, does it really? Who cares? No. Accident or design doesn't matter. Well, I like the fact that he's got a longer commute, so he can now listen to the whole show. Mm. And when we have when we have conversations like the chats, like the one we just had, that just went on and on, you can understand. Yeah. You can understand it. But good stuff. Good mail. Robert Delcini is the second one. Hope I pronounced your name right, Robert. Well, hello to me, good mate Chidge and the gang. Hearing you talk so highly of Melbourne and listening to the emails from the other guys down under compelled me to touch my screen and write down some thoughts after the game against Wolves. It's time to think about where we've been and where we want to go. We've had two titles in four and a half years and three very different styles of playing by three very different managers. From the part the bus criticised style of the special one to the five at the back moaning style of Conte and now the current high press. All this with not much change in players. I think everyone will have to agree that we can't keep on going on like this and to have some consistency over the next few years will reap its rewards in the long term. After the debacle of last season, I don't think anyone thought we'd win the league this season and so far I've played better and been more consistent than I'd ever thought we would. It took the club a long time to get Sarri in charge. Remember Conte turning up early in pre-season, which affected the preparation for this year. And apart from a couple of good signings, we're still very short of depth to our squad. Remember, we have no strikers, which has been affecting us for over a year now. And until we can find someone to effectively head up, lead our line, then we're all fart with no shit. We need to give Sarri time to understand what he has available and the best way to incorporate that in, into his style of play. We also need to give the, give the players time to understand what is required when opposition teams are prepared for us. Yes, I agree that Kante is a world-class defensive midfielder, but why not try him in a slightly different role to improve the team? Remember what Jose did with Joe Cole and Conte with Dave at centre-back. The problem I have... I can still remember Ian Porterfield ah! as manager and Tony Cascarino up front. Every time I see Hazard play, it makes me happy. I feel extremely grateful to what we have and the massive potential we can have in the future. I would like Sarri to give our youth a run in the side like RLC, Christensen and Hudson-Odoi, but that will come at a price. 
But is that a price you're willing to pay at the risk of not qualifying for the Champions League again? I get so frustrated when I hear fans' criticism of Sarri and the team. We need to think long-term, have consistency and bring the club forward. Short-term pain, long-term gain. Just a footnote that I recently listened to some of the old podcasts with Dr. Mart, Ross, John Thomas. I was on the benches on a couple of occasions and was very, very drunk. I remember starting drinking at 11 a.m., <laughs> getting shat on by a bird. Very lucky. Seeing Torres score against the Spuds and ending up at the boxing in Alexander Palace with you, Chidge. I love what you do now and think the format is amazing. But when did the result become so important? <laughs> Bobby D. OK, I, I should provide some context here because that is indeed the legend that is Bobby D, Robert Delcini, who hails well he's he's hails from from england originally but uh he's lived in uh, melbourne australia for a long 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 time and uh i got to meet him out in melbourne i think it was 2011 i went out there and uh had great fun but bobby's been over here many times and you know always catches up with us and uh all, all of what he said there was true he, he uh he did get very drunk and we did start drinking at 11 and uh he did get shot on by a bird we he, he admits to tell you that after seeing Torres score against Spurs, uh, he's conflated two stories here because we went out for a curry. All the all the fancasters and and the, all the benches went out for a curry. We had Paul Cannaval on as a guest, and we all went out with, for a curry with Paul. But yeah, he's right. On another occasion, we did end up at the boxing. It wasn't at Alexander Palace. It was at the uh, it was at the Kensington Olympia, actually. I think. But there you go. Um, I, what does he mean? When did the result? I don't think the results ever really been. Uh, maybe, maybe are we getting old and boring and and being more interested in talking about the football and the result? Uh, maybe, maybe you should get in touch with me again, Bobby, and tell me if we have. I don't know. What do you reckon, Tony? So I, I think the worry is is that um, if you a couple of seasons out of the Champions League, you end up like, like Liverpool or uh, other large teams like that that were in the wilderness for some time. That would be my worry. Um, if you if you stop worrying about results. If you start finishing regularly sixth or seventh, and, and uh... yeah, but hang on a minute, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, Mister Glover. Mm. During the uh, Mourinho meltdown season, mm. I remember being in the pubs with you, mm. and nearly before every kickoff, we were saying we're having so much fun in the pub. Oh. Shall we long the football? Yeah, off? okay, yes. you you bastard. Um, yes. Yeah, fair point. Um, but that's <laughs> that's more to do with the the, the magic of how. That you know, where everyone's kind of gelled together, isn't it? And uh, and that you, we've we've all stood in the cock and gone. Do you know what? I could fucking sack this game off and just sit here and drink. Um, you know, such as the fun we're having. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that's my only concern is when when you start saying, well, if you if you think long term, you could end up being a mid-table team, and the, the, then it's even harder to get back in because you need to be attracting players and all that sort of yeah, stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. They, that's won't, my they only... won't ever do that. They won't ever, ever do that. They're an elite club. Uh, there's too much. Uh, they've got too many backers. They've got too many business deals going on. It won't ever happen. Yeah. They're now, they're now there. That's the thing. We're, we're, uh, we're top six, which is even six is not, not good enough for them. But it's, it's that for the duration now. It's a, a top European club. We've won, we've won the, you know, the, the Champions League and we're, we're, we're one of the favourites for the Europa League at the moment, so it's um, it's it's top stuff. You have to attract the players. It'll be it'll keep going. 
I have every every faith. But I've got every, you know, I've got every faith in Sarri. I think this is wonderful football. Really brilliant. So, uh, but we've got a few faults as we, we're appreciating. But um, uh, he's uh, he's uh, his the, the tactics he's evolving are are brilliant. He's just got to make the players more into the whole. Um, just just do the do the tactics better. Just become part of it. Get into the get into the deal. You know, uh, um, I, I, my, my imagery is disappearing up my backside. Here. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but, you know, um, yeah. Boys, boys, I've got. I've, I've got a couple of Mixler posts oh, yeah, which are yeah, absolutely, yeah. you know, bang on actually in terms of this. Dean Dean says for the club the result is important, which is true. For us, we'd still turn up no matter how good or bad it gets, which is equally true. And actually, very quickly, um, Glide Like Boga, who's been very active on here tonight, so thank you, Glide Like Boga. Good to see you in here. Um, he says, uh, "Can you will you touch on our potential transfer ban? Well, we weren't going to, but I I think I mean, look as far as I know, mate." Uh, nothing doing absolutely nothing doing the club have consistently said all the way along the line that they followed the procedure to the letter so i think the rumor came out of these uh football leaks that have been doing the rounds and surfacing kind of sporadically um i am i you know look I, I don't know is the honest answer i'm i'm inclined to believe the club at the moment but you know you never know do you jonathan you got any juice well, i just that? thought it was relevant that the they quoted the kakuta deal you think, hang on. Oh, come on. How long ago was that? Ten years ago, surely. Yeah, that's all. That that was that was kind of at the forefront initially. Um, so I thought, and that was investigated at the time. And didn't we was, pay? Was, you know, this is that's ludicrous. I I I, I agree. I, I, felt I, was, I tend to think the club would have. Do you know what? Out of all of the clubs in the Premiership. Um, who's the one that's been most absolutely fanatical about the FFP and all the other rules? I can't believe that yeah. we've gone out and broken them. Uh, I don't. I don't believe absolutely. it. Tony, they're they're so rigorously keen not to break any yes. rules whatsoever that I can't believe that that would ever have happened. I think the other thing they mentioned was um, that they employed somebody who never, as a scout, didn't they? Who never did any scouting for them, and that's oh. one of the other things they said he was down as a scout. And he, they've interviewed him, the paper, I think it was, whether it was the Observer or something, said that he never actually did any scouting for them. Well, it doesn't stop him from being um, uh, employed as a scout. Whether he did anything or not is sort of slightly irrelevant. It wasn't a, it, it, they're saying that it was a con and it was a kind of false job that had been created. But I don't know how legally you would prove it was the case if he agreed he'd do some scouting, but never actually did it. I don't think, yeah. that, I don't think that's, uh, um, you know, with my my lack of legal training i still don't think that that's breaking the law um you've just sort of you've gone around it a little bit but uh no i i i felt it was once again it was the media trying to find fault with top clubs um in the same way i'm suspicious about the man city problem i think that they'll find a way around it because always these things are always put up and then uh, a, a good legal mind a barrister is involved and the the argument is then thrown out yeah so, it's, and also, I think it's a it's another media thing. Throw enough mud, and they think some will stick in the end. Um, but uh, yeah, don't forget that most of these stories come out in international breaks, don't they? Yeah, slow news days. Right. Absolutely right, they do. They've got so little news to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Should we do another mail, Chich? Yeah, this is. We should contextualise this one too from Peter because he wrote this before the city match, so it might sound a bit weird. But I wanted to include it because we like that. Peter Bryant. Hi, Chidge and friends. I'm writing this before the City game. Just wanted to make a couple of points. 
hopefully something for you to discuss. Everyone seems in a panic about the game on Saturday, but I'm not going to panic. It's really interesting what social media brings to the party. Most of it, not good. There's one thing for certain. We will not play in the embarrassing way we did at City last season. That's the most angry I've been for a long time watching us. And and it was me, Chidge, if you remember. I, mean, I was absolutely incandescent with the way that Conte had played that day. Anyway, it won't happen because Sarri will not change the way he plays. The club needs to back him in a trans- transfer windows as a lot of the players don't seem to quite get the system. And I think actually they... They did get the system that day, actually, Peter, and uh, um, that was the best we played, wasn't it? Um, I love watching us play, but the one thing that gets my goat is if it looks like we're not bothered. I haven't watched the Wolves game yet, but wonder if that's what happened. I hope it's not players downing tools. Keep up the good work. Hope you all have a great Christmas, Peter Bryan. Well, of course, it wasn't what happened, in fact, in the Wolves game. It was the, the similar pattern that we were all over the <coughs> and played wonderfully and then uh, perhaps got too complacent. And the same thing happened. We've been discussing what happened. But it wasn't. No, there was no question of tools being down. So uh, um, it's not like um, it's not like under under Mourinho, Peter. So fret not. Great stuff. Good email. That uh, good emails all round. There's some more to come actually in a minute or two. But I, I think it's uh, behoven upon us to talk about the game coming up on Wednesday and Saturday. Um, sadly, I can't be at the game on Wednesday. I've been sitting with Dan. Uh, for all the cup games this season, but uh, annoyingly, I've got to work in Southampton until six, and it's just too bloody difficult to get up there, you know, afterwards. So I'm swerving this one, and of course now I find out that the bloody game isn't on the TV, so I'm instantly regretting this massively. But there you go. Bottom line is, Tony, it's a it's a quarter final of a cup. Sarri needs a trophy. How importantly will he view this match, and what kind of side do you think he'll pick? Oh boy. Um... I imagine he wants to win a trophy more than anybody else because he hasn't yet. Um, and, uh, you know, this, this uh, whether you're a successful coach or not, the proof of the pudding is in the eating. And you can't really be considered a successful coach until you've at least got a trophy under your belt. I, I think um, he'll treat it pretty seriously. Um, but I don't think he'll put out a full strength side. I think he'll save that for Leicester on on Saturday uh, and for the simple reason um, that I think uh, I don't know what Bournemouth's priorities are but I can be pretty sure they're probably more concentrating on the Premiership than anything else so I'm not sure they'll be putting out their their top team um, I like Bournemouth I like Eddie Howe an awful lot I think if Sarri ever goes we need to make sure that he's one of the ones we look at because um, he's he's what he's done at Bournemouth I think is way above and beyond any other manager in the premiership at the moment in my view um, but uh, you know I think Leicester are that's, that's the one we need to get out of the way. And, of course, they lost the weekend. And I fucking hate playing a team that lost the weekend before we played them. <laughs> I really do. Uh, JK, who, who do you think he's going to start with uh, on uh, on Wednesday night? I think he'll do a mixture. I say you might give Emerson, Emerson a go. He might play Fabregas instead yeah. of Jorginho. He might do. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think he'll... Um, he might stick to the... To the three, uh, to the, the, the supposedly, don't like calling it that, false nine. But I think he's more likely to play Giroud. Um, uh, I don't know. Let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm saying I'm, I'm not um, uh, the great supporter of Hudson-Odoi as everybody else is. I think he's got an enormous amount to learn. And um, I think he'll end up being very good. But he's, he's, still, he's still not the, the finished ticket. And I fear... 
that he might be running out of opportunities the further we progress in all these tournaments. Um, but I think he might come on. I think he. I think he'll be on the subs bench for Wednesday. But as you say, I don't think Eddie Howe will pick a, a, a top team either. I think they're all they're all give it, seeing it as an opportunity to give people a go. But I think we'll have a very strong bench. I think we'll have a, a first team bench, um, and uh, um, just as long as Zappa Costa doesn't play, I don't think I could bear it. Um, uh, I'm not a fan. Um, but uh, Emerson, let's give him a go. Um, uh, and he'll probably play Christensen, I reckon. Um, and he might play Ampadu. I think that would be great, actually, if he did. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and I think he'll start with um, he'll start with uh, Loftus Cheek and probably Barkley. So I think I'm practically the whole team's practically changed, according to me at the moment. I've just said he'd probably do half and half. Well, but, uh, I, I, but let's see. You know, I tell tell you what, uh, Dean Dean Mears, who uh, seems to be the font of all knowledge tonight, Dean. Well done. Uh, but Dean, Dean's prediction for the for the team is uh, Kepper, Aspie, Rudiger, Christensen, Emerson, Fabregas, Barkley, Kovacic, Loftus-Cheek, William, Giroud. So that's interesting. I think, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't think that's a bad side at all, really. Yeah. I really don't. But I would, I, um. I would hope to see Hazard and... Uh, Pedro on the bench, possibly Jorginho. I tell you what, I wouldn't mind having Kante in that side, though. Yes, you'd probably give him a go. You know, maybe for Kovacic. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a massive fan anyway. of Kovacic. I, I don't think I've seen anything from him no. that makes me think we'd be better buying him than keeping the likes of Loftus-Cheek and Bartley um, you know, fighting for that position. Honestly, I, I don't see it. I just I He's not well. scored a goal. I don't think he's... Yeah. I don't think he's particularly fast. I don't think... I, I just... You know, he's he's bang average. Kovacic first is game of the season, first game he played for us, he was fabulous. And he's never quite been as good since. And as you say, he can't shoot. Um, but I think it's a question of... He does allow them a kind of improving um, phase, doesn't he? He gives them a go, doesn't he, old uh, um, mm. Sarri? You've got to say that. But I agree at the moment, he's not... He's not... We're not looking at him and thinking he's streets ahead. But yeah. at the moment, for me, Barkley isn't playing as well and Loftus-Cheek appears to be on the rise so uh, so let's see they've been to see give Loftus-Cheek a go from the beginning and see how he plays uh, plays yeah. 90 minutes alright um, just kind of moving I mean you know I'm not going to go into predictions and you know if we think we win I think it's very important that we do start with as strong a side as we can actually because it's good to get into you know another semi-final and it's good to hopefully <laughs> Uh, you know, win a trophy. Uh, we all like winning trophies, and Sarri needs to win one, I think. So good luck to them on Wednesday. Now, uh, Saturday we got Leicester. Tony and I were talking about it when we were off air a minute ago, and uh, good to see a three o'clock kickoff. Oh, obviously, yes. um, Leicester. You know, Leicester are a funny old side at the moment. Uh, they don't seem to, have, you know, hit the straps completely, but they're dangerous. I think. You know, they're no mugs, so it won't be easy, will it, Tony? No. And like I said, they lost at the weekend, didn't they? Um, uh, and I, I really hate it because you know exactly they'll come and their tables will, for whatever reason, be up. They'll have, think they'll have something to prove. Um, we have, we have now become that team that teams like to come and definitely have a go at. They, you know, isn't you know like those good old Mourinho days when they were buggered the minute they walked out of the tunnel. Um, you know, they like to come and have a, a go. And I think we, we have sufficient vulnerabilities. Um, I still think we've probably got enough. You know, I'd rather be playing them than, I don't know, you know Arsenal or Spurs or somebody like that uh, this weekend um, at home, three o'clock Saturday. Um, 
but I, 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 I'm just basically urging caution. I think in that, um, like you said, they seem to be pretty hit and miss, and they were missed last weekend. And I'm just hoping they won't be hit this weekend when they come to us. And do you think, do you think, uh, Jonathan, that we'll we'll play false number nine again on Saturday? Yeah, definitely. I mean, if he's going to start Giroud on Wednesday, it would seem likely, yeah. wouldn't it? Because Morata's possibly still injured, isn't he? I think he? he'll play that for the rest, hope. Of, the rest of the season. Yeah, so do I hope. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really do. Yeah, yeah. I think it works. And as you say, it, it keeps the bench. The bench has then got an extra an extra player on it who isn't Morata. Um, yeah, I think we've all got fed up with him. I mean... So, please. But, I, I, you know, let's... I mean, I, it's... Keep going, Chidge. Sorry. Go on. No, it's, 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 sorry, mate. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it certainly you know fits in with uh, Sarri's mo. I mean, that's that's what he does. Yeah, completely. You know, I mean, it's what he did at Napoli. Completely. So why why wouldn't he do it? Why wouldn't he do it at Chelsea? It seems daft that he wouldn't if he if he could find a solution, and providing you know Hazard's okay with it, then I don't. I, I agree with you. I don't see why he won't. I mean, what, whilst we don't have uh, you know, Morata, I think is not going to work at Chelsea, and I think. Sarri thinks that to a degree, although it'll be interesting to see what happens when he's fit again. And I don't think he thinks Giroud is quick enough for his system. So I think it's certainly the way it's going. Anyway, look, either way, uh, we need to keep the momentum going. And another, another three points on Saturday is a must. I can't wait to go there and catch up with uh, all the usual mob in the cock before. Now, in part four, uh, we've got a few more emails for Jonathan to read out. My usual nonsense, plugging this, that and the other. And then we say our goodbyes. We'll see you in a sec. Real fans, real opinions. I'm Jason Cundy, and you're listening to the Chelsea Football Fancast. Up the Chelsea! Footballfancast.com Right, welcome back. I'm Stanford Chidge, and this is the Chelsea Fancast, and we're almost there. Almost there. Only another 15 minutes or so. Jonathan, we have more emails, and God preserve us. They're, they're short. Very brief. Brief, but interesting. Ash K. Chowdhury. Dear Chelsea Fancast, wow, just wow. That took me back to the mid to late 2000s when Chelsea pulled off amazing underdog wins, especially in Europe. Wow. I've written to you once before. I'm a Chelsea fan from India living in New York. That game was amazing. He's obviously talking about the Man City game. And I'm sure you'll all do justice to the discussion. So I'm not going to talk about any of that. I just wanted to say I loved seeing the Tambling 193 banner on TV. I've... <laughs> <laughs> Kerry Dixon banner. One, Kerry Dixon actually. Chelsea fan cast logo on it. I felt pride and happiness like no other. Like I had a physical connection to the bridge. Yeah, brilliant. To the place I've still never seen a match in, but I've almost worshipped for the past 15 years. Thank you, Chelsea Fancast, for being my link to the bridge and my link to Chelsea. Somehow in that moment, my devotion for the past 15 years suddenly became more real than ever before. I love you all. And up the Chelsea. Love, Ashke. Akshe, sorry. What a... What a- what a what a brilliant what a brilliant email that was just that's touched my heart in ways you cannot even contemplate uh but that's why we do it isn't it and i mean i think that's exact that is exactly why i came up with the idea of having a banner that we could put up in the you know in the matthew harding end so that when people who you know listen to the show and have done for years and years and years 
They see it when it's on the telly and they feel connected, you know. That's exactly why I did it. Akshay, you're a genius for putting that down in uh, in writing because that's exactly why I did it. And I can't wait till you make it over here and you can come and find us all in the pub and we'll buy you a beer. It'll be an absolute honour and a privilege, mate. So thank you for writing in. Yeah, bravo. Bravo, Akshay. Fantastic. Uh, email five. Blake Martin. Hi all. Feel free to skip this email. Well, we're not obviously, are we, Blake? If its contents have already been discussed. Wishing a Merry Christmas from Melbourne. Well, we haven't talked about that before. So, Just a quickie. After all the talks and discussion from fans about moving Kante in the formation or entirely dropping him from the side and the need to drop Louise, it seems Sarri has played his cards perfectly. I, for one, have no complaints about Kante and Louise having played in the game against City. Do you think this was a one-off performance from Kante, Louise and the team? Or does this game prove they're key to our system and that one day, one our day, we can, on our day, we can beat anyone? Thanks very much for the great pod and have a lovely Christmas. Uh, I think uh, on our day we can beat anyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, think I think they probably uh, ride bigger games. You got the old Louise baiters on, you know, in the in the in the Twitter community. These are these are the same people who were screaming that Sarri was going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread. So I'm interested in the cognitive dif- dissonance that they must be experiencing by having the coach that they think is the greatest in the world, who sees the players week in week out, and thinks that Louise is still worthy of uh, uh, you know being one of the first names on the team sheet. Uh, I, you know, people. Get, Give it all though. Yeah, he's always prone to a mistake. Show me a defender that isn't. Just show me one in any team. There isn't one. You know, attacking football means defenders will make mistakes. It's as simple as that. I like Luis. I like the way he struts around. I like the fact that he had enough time to set his air in place. Reminded me of Drogba straightening his shorts out and everything before he took that penalty <laughs> in Munich. Um, yeah. Nothing wrong with a bit of arrogance if you can carry it off. Yes, he makes the odd mistake but then Rudiger's made mistakes and Aspie's made mistakes and go to any of the other teams you know um, we're, we're fourth with a pretty reasonable defence that compares to everybody else at the moment so um, yeah I, I'm I'm happy I, I never wanted Luis to leave last time I don't want him to leave this time and it doesn't look like he's going to does it so I think as well he must be it's the whole thing is training is so important I'll keep going on about this everybody should watch the Sunderland till I die um, documentary. Oh, I'm going to watch it. Yes, this sounds fantastic. It, it is marvellous. It's absolutely marvellous. And it's, I mean, they lucked out completely. Bloody hell. They thought they were going to be seeing a team get back into the Premier League, instead of which everything goes wrong. Yeah. Non-stop. It is remarkable how how appalling it becomes. But the fans are so brilliant. And it's, um, uh, the main thing behind it is the players saying, uh, I have to impress in training in order to get back into the first team. This is one of the things that runs through it. And so this constant thing that p- people don't ever consider on Twitter, that somehow somebody is, you know, why is Louis playing? He's awful. Well, probably because he's doing fantastically in training and fits Sarri's system better. Yeah. And then and then he plays he plays wonderfully in the game and he, and he fits the system perfectly because they've been practising that. It's not it's not out of some kind of weird stubbornness that the manager has. It's because he sees the team all week. And it's there's a say it's reflected in this documentary where there's a little player called Honeyman who comes across fantastically. I have to say, for some of those players, you become you become you you because they're so likable and they try so hard, you really, really 
sympathise with the the plight of the team just falling apart and the and the unlu- the luck lack of the, the lucky unlucky injuries they have and the events around them just not working for them. And uh, uh, but the main thing was this boy saying, um, "I've got to get to the team. The only way I'm getting to the team is by training as hard as I can, but I still not might get in because I might not fit." He explains it all, and you go, "Yeah." Absolutely, that's how it is. Mm. That's how it is. You're being watched by, mm. by or by the manager. Brilliant. Coaches. Yeah. Like, anyway, but please put everybody watch it. Thank. Like I like that. I, I, well, I, I will. No, I didn't. I, I must check. Yeah, it's out. on Netflix. I, I'll, it's I'll, on. I'll it, yeah, it on it's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. It's Netflix. Yeah, I'm going to watch it because um, I've I've uh, there's a guy on Twitter called Andy Dawson. Um, I think he, he actually tweets as at profanity swan because he just swears all the time. He's a massive Sunderland fan, but when you when you read his kind of review of it and how he feels as a Sunderland fan, it sounds it sounds like a proper football documentary, a real proper one. Oh, it is. It is. Oh, yeah. It is. It's very interesting. That the, the two I'll players. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. John O'Shea doesn't say anything, and Catamol doesn't say anything. They're the only two, and yet he's the club captain. You think, oh, oh, I think you made a mistake there. Mm. Anyway, um, uh, email five. Um, hang on. Before, I'm, it actually, it'd be nice for me to be able to comment on it too. Oh, sorry. You two have hogged sorry. it all for the last five minutes. Sorry. Um, but uh, I was just going to say, I was just going to say, yeah, I do have feelings. If you cut me, I do believe John. <laughs> anyway. I thought you were um, like a kind of, you know, you had a metallic suit on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just that's just my underpants. That's just my underpants, uh, Jonathan. Uh, no, I was just going to say, really, just to pick up on what you said, which is uh, not only did it put the uh, the Louise uh, detractors in their place, it also put the oh well, Sarri hasn't got a plan B detractors, of which I included myself uh, on a fancast pr- 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 prior to that show. So. You know, well played, all of them. I think, you know, fair play to Sarri. He shows that he's got some minerals, and I like that. So there we go. Please pray continue, John. Thank you very much, Stitch. <laughs> Thank you for those wise words, but uh, I would expect nothing else. Um, email five, Daniel Barca. Hi, legends. Barca. Yeah, sorry, I forgot. I got it wrong again. I said Barca last. <laughs> You'd think I'd get it right by now, wouldn't you, really? But it's always Barca. Barcelona. <laughs> sorry, Daniel. Sorry, mate. Um, Daniel Barker, yes, as in Fred Barker, who was uh, on the um, uh, five, o'clock, five O'Clock Club uh, in uh, um, ni- 1963. He was a puppet called Fred yes. Barker. Yeah. You remember that? A, B, C, D, E. Goodbye from Willem and me. F, G, H, I, J. We'll see you another day. K, L, M, N, O. Time for us to go. P, Q, R, S, T. And the cat went fiddle, I, D. Fiddle, I, D. Fiddle, I, D. Thank you very much for that. Good. My life is enriched by yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, along with uh, Ollie Beak. Yes, Ollie yeah, Beak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was an owl, funnily enough. Yeah. Anyway, Hashtag one, one for the teenagers there again. Hi, legends. Yeah. yeah, they don't make them like that nowadays. Hi, legends. Gonna make this real quick. Icardi in. I'm hoping Inter get knocked out of the Champions League. They did. And for some bloody miracle, we go in and snatch Muro out of their hands. Icardi, in my opinion, is the CF we need, centre-forward. He's the perfect age and has the attributes Chelsea need up top. World class. Fuck this Pusilic or Pulisic, whatever his name is, from Dortmund. <laughs> Fakir in instead, then offensively we're set. Willie is way too inconsistent. So Willie out. I don't agree with you. And Morata as well. Morata. Morata. Mm. Up the Chelsea, Dan Barker. Barker, Melbourne, Australia. 
Yes, yes, well done. I agree with Pusilich completely. Ridiculous, bizarre, but I think it was made up. Um, that that Fekker bloke is pretty good, actually, isn't he? But um, uh, I've heard he's a very good Fekker, I've actually. Heard he's ah. a, I've heard he's a dirty Fekker, actually. Um, but um, but uh, <laughs> Icardi, what was it? We heard, didn't we, that Icardi is real trouble and uh, is a nasty yeah. piece of work and well. is somebody not to have in the team because he... He's uh, uh, a bit... Um, he's Massive yes, ego. Yes, and it's really difficult making him work in the team. Very critical and like a bit of a... Um, uh, he's a bit of a virus within the side. So uh, with uh, treat him with kid gloves, I think, is the answer. Jonathan, what do you think about having Willie out? No, ridiculous. 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 He, he's too... You, you've never got your Willie oh, out? Really <laughs> Sorry, I'm so apologise. I've realised what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, and also, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> Chidge, sorry. I, I, I get it now. Don't leave home without without hazard. I get it now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm a bit That's slow brilliant. tonight. Sorry, yeah. Good Willie stuff. Out. Yes, yes, I yes. Know. It's I out know. now, Chidge. You failed the audition. You failed the audition for Carry On, oh, mate. That's for sure. Last. I wanted to be in one of those so much. Not. Thank you. There we go. There we go. <laughs> really, I've always fancied myself as a Sid James type character. Really, although I think Tony would be better. Than <laughs> oh blimey! I even did the laughing. <laughs> Brilliant. All right, Jonathan. Great work, my friend. Unless Tony, you, you have commented on this. I would hate to leave you out having complained about. Uh, no, well, I don't agree. The, the, William just seems to be the new boo boy, doesn't he? And I, I'm not sure why. Just he hasn't scored what he's done before, but I, I still think he's a bloody good player. Uh, Icardi, I, I, I don't know. Pulisic is an odd one, but I, I can imagine that's for marketing purposes because he's American, um, and there's dollars in that. I can't, but I can't believe that. Yeah. I can't believe they do. Well, that. you know, you have to look at our track record just with Pato and people like that. We've brought some real weirdos in, haven't we? And God knows why. It's uh, it's almost yeah, like it's like a, a player laundering business, isn't it? Um, uh, Fakir, I don't. I, I I think I saw him a couple of times in the World Cup, and I wasn't overly impressed. But that's not enough to go on. Um, other people are obviously a bit more obsessive about um, non-Premier League football and might know better but i always think that the premier league is a different kettle of fish you can't just be good in wherever you are in another country and then walk into the premiership because you will get kicked and hassled and you won't time on the ball so you know interesting i do i do agree with that entirely all right okay so uh, brilliant work jonathan as always uh, and well done everybody for sending in your emails sorry that a, a lot of them from last week didn't get read out in the city match uh, but we are true to our word we've saved them up and we've read them out this week anyway so thank you very much as always much appreciated send them in to chelseafancast at gmail.com if you want to get them read out make sure you do it before mondays because otherwise you'll be cutting it fine to get into the program right a few quick plugs as uh, as always as ever uh, cfc uk you can always get the uh, cfc uk fanzine at the stall uh, opposite Fulham Broadway on a match day or, of course, any of the cellars that are dotted around uh, Fulham Road. Uh, and, of course, you can get it away uh, from DJ. And if it's in Europe, it's two euros, not only a pound. So there you go. Uh, you can also subscribe. Um, if you can't get it in person, you can get it digitally by going to cfcuk.net. And if you want a proper copy, follow at cfcukusa and uh, or contact Dan Lundberg on Twitter at dlundberg underscore. You've heard us mentioning uh, Patreon throughout the show. 
which is a lovely little thing. It's a little kind of website where a little Chelsea fancast community have gathered whereby through the goodness and the kindness of their hearts, they donate a little bit of money every month, which kind of helps me uh, uh, basically avoid being on the social. Uh, and uh, I don't mean social media. It's, it's a colloquial term for being on the rock and rolls, which is a colloquial term for being on the doll. No, I mean, it's just basically nice to get a little bit of help. Um, and in return, we try and do things for you. So, you know, we, we you can post things on there. You can talk to us and I, it, it, you can get my attention very quickly via patreon and of course as akshay was talking about uh one of the tangible things that has come out of that is the kerry dixon banner that we've got in the matthew harding end uh which i put some of the money towards um there are more interesting things coming by the way uh i'm planning on maybe getting a few of those mini banners done so uh i'll keep you posted on that because i'm going to try and get some for you guys on patreon and lo and behold uh somebody asked me on patreon Whatever happened to the Chelsea Fancast t-shirts? Good question. Well, you will be amazed to know that I finally dug out the original uh, order and the address for it. So I'll try and get a bit of, uh, you know, garner a bit of interest from who might want a t-shirt and uh, then get another print run done or another another order done sometime next year. So keep I'll keep you posted on that. Um, and as I said, uh, thank you very much. It's very easy if you want to join in the fun there. Um, just donate a little bit per show or per month. A bit like the fanzine, really. Uh, and you can go to www.patreon.com forward slash Chelsea Fancast. And uh, as I said, if you want to get hold of me, just send me a message on there. Anything you want in the show, like you could use that as the email conduit, whatever. I don't mind. I'd look on there regular like. Uh, right, Chelsea Supporters Trust. Join the trust, get your voice heard by the club, free to join up to be a member. But if you want to have a nice shiny badge and if you want to be able to vote and attend meetings, then it's five quid a year and you can sign up at ChelseaSupportersTrust.com, uh, which means you can come to the meetings, come to any events we do and vote on the issues that directly affect you. And, of course, we can then help you to get your voice I, lo- I lost Follow my shiny badge. on Twitter at Chelsea S Trust. I lost my shiny oh, badge. You shouldn't have lost well, it, should you? The pin thing came off the back, well, didn't it? The bloody stupid thing. Sorry, just don't don't tell anybody this. <laughs> okay, don't tell anybody this. But I will try and remember, and I will try and find you're one a, for you and you bring know, one next time. You're, I see you're far I too. And a, and a lovely Christmas card you get as well. What Dean? That Christmas card was yeah, you, mate. Pride of place that's got. Could I have the bag? Lovely stuff. Could I have... I'm a bit. I'm a bit sad. I didn't get to. I'm a bit sad. I didn't get to sign it, or at least put a thumbprint or something on the Christmas <laughs> card. But there Could you go. I have... Jonathan, Jonathan, why haven't you got a? Why haven't you got a badge? You're a member. You should have a badge. No. Well, we'll figure it out. I'll put you in touch with Paul and we'll sort it out. All right, moving on. Chelsea pitch owners, if you want to own a little bit of Chelsea and protect the future of the club, go and buy a share in the Chelsea pitch owners who own the freehold of Stamford Bridge and whose aim, of course, is to ensure that Chelsea always play football at Stamford Bridge. If you want to find out how to buy a share, email info at chelseapitchowners.com or check out chelseafc.com forward slash fans forward slash chelsea hyphen pitch hyphen owners and follow them on Twitter at pitch owners. They're very reasonable now. 40 odd quid or something for a share. Much better than it used to be. Right, uh, I need to take a quick glug of water because I'm, I'm getting dry all this talking. That's better, right. Okay, I'm afraid we are coming to the end of the show for today. Anyway... That is, as I said, all we've got time for tonight. And in fact, actually, that is all we've got time for this year. Yes, that is right. This is the last Monday night fancast of 2018. 
due to Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve falling on a Monday this year, uh, which means we won't be back on a Monday until the 7th of January, which will be after the FA Cup match against Nottingham Forest. Uh, and, of course, we'll be reporting back on that, as well, of course, as the matches against Watford Palace and Southampton. Uh, now, before that, of course, uh, I hope to have uh, a Kerry Dixon show this week with me and Kerry. He and I have been so busy recently, it's been really hard to do, but I'm going to give it a whirl and see if we can do one on Thursday. And uh, that means we can look back at the Bournemouth match and look ahead to the Leicester match. And, of course, on Friday, don't forget to tune into the Chelsea Fancast on Love Sport Radio between 7 o'clock and 9pm with me, Jonathan, Dan Silver and Aaron Paul, where we'll be, of course, talking all things Chelsea. Uh, and the Friday night Love Sport show will break for Christmas after this Friday and we'll be back on Friday nights on the 4th of January before the Nottingham Forest match. So there you go. So uh, we're absolutely delighted, Jonathan, weren't we? We got so many callers over the last couple of weeks. It's been going mad, hasn't oh, it? Oh, it's been great. Great show. Very different because of the callers, actually. Um, uh, but, um, uh, I mean, uh, and, and, you know, it's a different show, but it, it works as well as this obviously works as well. You know, I would be silly to be criticising this because this is wonderful. But then you get a kind of different energy because you've got the slightly ridiculousness of the ads. But then you've got a caller and then you've got another caller and then another caller, then an expert and then the opposition view. And, uh, uh, and we just chip in in between. It works really well. So, yeah, I mean, what we're saying really, very long-windedly, as always, is that phone us up. That's the beauty of the Friday Night Love Sports show. You can phone us up and have a natter with us about whatever you've got, uh, you know, whatever you're steamed up about or whatever, really. It's great to hear you. We love it. And we get loads of callers from the States. We got a call from Sweden the other week, which we were really chuffed about. We get calls from people here, like John Chips Chiverton, who's always in Mixler on a Monday. He called us up the other day. Mark Aurelius13, uh, he calls us up. Great, we love it. So do call us, we love it. Uh, anyway, the number is 0208 758. And of course, you can listen to Love Sport on 558 AM or on DAB channels or uh, Radio Player Tune In or lovesportradio.com. So there you go. And like all our shows, it's available as a podcast shortly afterwards. And you can get that at uh, the website, chelseafancast.com, ACAST, Apple, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as other podcast distributors. Now, you can follow us uh, as a show on Twitter, at Chelsea Fancast. Me at Stanford Chid, Jonathan at Jonathan Kidd, Tony at Grocer Jack UK, and of course, do check out the website, chelseafancast.com, at which point I need to say thank you very much to Heon and all the Chelsea Fancast bloggers, some of whom are in the uh, Mixler tonight, like Dino. Uh, it's brilliant what you do. I love the fact we get more regular content going up. It's always worth a read, and I'm, I'm just so grateful for you guys. So thank you for everything you've done this year. Um, and equally, uh, I'd like to wish all the people in Mixler and all our listeners uh, for all of your support this year. I mean, we want to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. As I said, thank you so much for all of your support of the Fancast throughout 2018. Without you lot, we are nothing. Zilch, zero. So we love you for that. Do we not, Jonathan? We love it enormously, Chidge. It is wonderful. Yeah, we're very lucky, very blessed that we've got so many people listening and they're all lovely people too. And that we've met so many of them in the pubs, uh, you know, before and after games. Tony, uh, they're a good bunch, aren't they? We're very lucky. yes, indeed. And I've had a, I've had some conversations in there tonight, and I've just wished them all a a merry Christmas in there because, um, like I said, it's 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 yeah. I mean, it's something I even though I do my own separate one, the Podding Shed, 
uh, I still feel I'm part of this, and I love coming on here, and and uh, and I, I I love disagreeing with JK, and it hasn't happened once tonight, oh, and it's made my Christmas. That is. Sorry about that. Oh, brilliant. I, I, I tell well, you what, Tony. Shall we deliberately find something to disagree about next time? Yes, we'll, I think we'll have we'll, to, we'll, mate. We'll, we'll have to. Yeah. And then we can be, and we can be silent and quiet with each other. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, there we go. I think maybe it's fitting, it being a, it's Christmas and peace and goodwill men, to all yeah. men and all that, that you two have actually agreed on everything tonight. So there you go. Um, once again, you lot out there who listen to us every week, uh, we're indebted to you. Have a great Christmas and a superb New Year. Let's hopefully we'll get a few Chelsea trophies and uh, maybe we'll get to meet a few more of you next year. But uh, have a peaceful time. Enjoy it. And we'll see you in the new year. But I should, of course, say thank you very much to tony for all the times he come has come on the show this year he's very much part of the chelsea fancast family and of the cock drinking indeed so tony (laughs) thank you so much for this year it's been greatly greatly appreciated and i really look forward to seeing you for a pint or three on saturday you will and uh last last but by no means least uh i mean you know the show wouldn't be the same without you jk i mean you know it's it's become we, we, were, we were laughing about it the other week, weren't we, when it's just us two on the Love Sports Show. We're the, like the hinge and bracket of, uh, of Chelsea podcasts. I, think probably now, I was we, both, really? we're a bit of a I double was both hinge and bracket, though. That was the trouble. You were just... Uh... Well, that's because you love to steal, steal the limelight, my love. You know, always have done. You know, you're a bit of an upstager, old No. Friend. You know, that's why. No. Well, I was just going to say, you know, thank you hugely for your immense, you know, commitment and contribution throughout the year because... You know, you you you're on the every you, you know, you are on the same amount of shows as I am, and I mean that's just amazing. So I just wanted to say thank you so much for all of your effort well, this year. It's hugely appreciated. Well, I love it, Chid. I wouldn't do it otherwise. But uh, you know, oh, and, no. I, you know, and I'm not greedy. If you wanted to say, actually, no, you you don't come on this week. You know, I'd be I'd be I'd understand. You want to get different combinations of people, but mate. The fact that you don't, I'm very pleased. Thank you very much. You're my you're my Jorginho, mate, when it comes to the fan cast, so there you go. Um basically lots of lots of short sideways passing. Uh but no, brilliant stuff, mate. It's a, it's a real pleasure. Right, finally, uh, for the last time in 2018, thank you everybody for listening. See you next time. Until then, keep it blue, keep it carefree, and keep it chills. Up the chills! It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. 
Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times.